Well, I like them. We're hot. Now you guys, get, do you get nervous now that they're we're hot? No, no not at all. No. Ice in the veins, dude. <laughs> Ice in the veins. What is this? Low fit aid. This looks illegal. This is healthy. It's R eight. Fit aid, bro. I don't know, man. I've had one of those in my cabinet. Yeah, the guys at Mountain Tough when I was up there excited to work out with them last year. Like two days of intense workout. Like yeah. They said that's actually healthy. I trust Dustin. Dustin. This looks like something for the gym. Like bedroom performance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any, any, any updates on that front, Brady? Anything no. That you want? <laughs> no. I wow, he's right by home from Alaska and just right at it. Yeah, no. I mean, it's got creatine in it. It's good, good shit. Is your, your Tinder app just firing nowadays, though? Dude, are you on the Tinder game? Uh, Hinge. 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 Is okay. that the one where the, the no. female initiates first? No I, think, no, I don't know what that one is. I'm not very good at it. Everyone <laughs> in this office really wants to live through me and like yeah. all that, but I don't care. Like oh. I, I've literally said right now, I don't care if a girl reaches out to me. If I reach yeah. out to him, go on a date, sure, it's fun. I just don't have time. Yeah. yeah. I don't have time. Are yeah. you just all grip and grins and then I do I, 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 I make it well known that I'm a hunter. And then I yeah. get a lot of messages back from girls like, Oh, that's an awesome picture. I'm like, this isn't freaking Instagram. You're not supposed to like my picture and then just not talk to me again. So like that's sometimes what they do. I don't know, maybe I'm not skilled enough to talk to girls. So. It's able to yeah. keep your pool small though. Have right? you had a girl over for dinner and made her your No, dinner? I haven't made her any What would you make her dinner? if you had yes, one over for yes. dinner? Because we talked about yeah. your 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 nightly meal prep, which is basically what it's ground basically ground mule deer in a tortilla with white basmati rice, a little bit of black beans, and tapatio, and that's it. That's what he every single night. So let's say that you you get a date and she yeah. you bring her over. What are you making her? I'd probably have to go either either the burrito style, but I might have to get some salsa. I might have to get avocado. <laughs> I, might have to get some, I might have to fancy it up. Right. You're still going to church, it up. Yeah. church it up. Or I'd just go right for a steak. You know, I. Yeah, hard Any, to argue. Yeah, yeah steaks. Yeah. Steak is good. Steak, yeah. potato. Any sides? Asparagus. Oh, I do like I do like asparagus, but I don't <laughs> buy any right now because I'm cheap. But I did just buy some sweet potatoes on my once every other month grocery mm -hmm. run. If she hit you right out of the gate, was like, I'm vegan, but I'm down to Would hang out. Still, yeah. Um, What's the play? No. Okay. That's a no, hard, I'd have to draw a hard no. Yeah. Because like it's only going to add to bad things later on. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, and I want someone to enjoy like, like, literally, I have two freezers full of meat. Like, I want to share that with someone. More meat yeah. for you, though. That's yeah, true. that's true. It's less competition. Less competition, less competition. Yeah. and it may be saving my grocery bill. <laughs> mm. You wouldn't have to worry this. about her like seeing maps over your shoulder, mm -hmm. combos yeah. on the phones with yeah. buddies. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's always a big concern. But then you're gonna have to go grocery shopping, and that's gonna throw your whole plan out the window. Yeah, I don't. No, like, then I don't she like grocery. Money. You've yeah. got. Oh, I the got muscle. mine. You've yeah. got the muscle now. She can yep. go and do it. Is that yep. a category in your bio? Can you pick whether you're vegan, vegetarian? Dude, it's got to be. I'm, I'm sure you can, yeah, you, you can put it on It has there. to be at this yeah. point, right? Yeah. Like, Omnivore. Like, literally, I think my first photo, I don't know why we're talking about this, but <laughs> <laughs> I my first time photo is me with a llama in Wyoming. It's, it's a great photo. It. It's definitely. Are you gripping, grinning the llama? Just walking with the llama. Just walking like, with Every girl who sees that on these dating apps just wants to have a conversation. Yeah, like, what is that? Dude, that's actually a power yeah. move. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. of that one really well. Llama that's, in the first slot is a power move. That's yeah. legit. Yeah, second one's yeah. Tajikistan. Also a power move. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm a world traveler. Yeah. And I was I like llamas. <laughs> <laughs> I was like drinking some tea in Tajikistan. Well, one we'll girl commented once. I was like, hey, is that blood on your leg? I was like, uh, yeah, I probably should have photoshopped that out. Because I'm wearing this like sick of whites. Yeah. yeah. Sick of whites with blood on it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That bold move. 
Yeah. There, there's my personal life. Yeah. I like it. We'll, we'll yeah. revisit it here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Five um, minutes. Yeah. I do yeah. go on dates every now and then. I'm not just a little hermit who hangs up by myself, but kind of pretty picky. like you were at lunch. I'm pretty picky. Yeah. I'm, you guys know me. I'm, I like being by myself. I like my whole house as a man cave. I like tapping into the brain of Brady here. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You guys had good laughs at yeah. lunch, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not just crazy. It is actually true how crazy I really am. You guys got to hear some yeah. of it. Well, let's give, a, give an introduction. We've got guests in the house. Yeah. we got the boys from Sig Sour. we got Anthony and Troy here. Um, I mean, want to d- describe exactly maybe what both of you guys do? Because I really don't. You guys' job probably is like what we do here. We have many hats. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just going to talk about archery elk season, some optics, yeah. what you got coming up, but yeah, maybe give yourself a little introduction, what you guys do over cool. there. Troy, go for it. Go around man. the table. Um, I am Troy Hellman, and I'm the brand manager like for Six ma- like, ma- like the mayonnaise Hellmans? I'm, dude, I'm <laughs> one end short of a lot more zeros in my bank account. <laughs> uh, just so because of that. Close. That is my favorite mayonnaise. Close. <laughs> Good um, yeah, I, as brand manager, I kind of see myself as as like the glue or the protector of the brand and um yeah so pretty much all marketing for sig optics comes through me Hmm. so optics department specific or brand as a whole yeah optics division specifically gotcha Um, so anything so our our optics division is headquartered in oregon Mm -hmm. and our main like sig sour main hq is is new hampshire so Hmm. um i don't know if i knew that we're splitting splitting the country coast to coast and how long have you been at sig i'm like five months deep oh five six months deep super super new yeah so still getting my feet wet yeah sounds like your job's pretty busy it is Yeah. yeah It is. It's a breath of fresh air having him there because we haven't had a brand manager on the like marketing side for optics specifically for as long as I've been there. I've been there for almost three years now, but it's just never been a thing. So like having somebody like focused on that and like being able to help tell the stories of products and like from where I come from on the product side, it's just a it's it's huge. It's a huge benefit. So, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting dynamic because SIG, SIG firearms is so well established. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a legacy brand at this point. And optics obviously shares a lot of those common threads being under that umbrella. But at the same time, we have this super cool opportunity to, to kind of create our own identity in a way, um, as like a sub brand. So, it's 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 a blank slate in a way and and one that's super exciting so mm. that's a large part of why I'm here now. And what's your background? Where you, where did you come from originally? I came from lacrosse footwear, so did like footwear. Okay. Um, and then we actually met working at a knife company. Yeah. Um, the like corner of Northwest Oregon is is really the production knife making capital of the country, if not the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so I had spent some time there. We hired on Anthony and it was just like right out of the gate. We had some mutual friends ahead of the time that we knew. And mm-hmm. after that, it was just like hunting partners, <laughs> yep. wives or friends, oh, that's classes, nice. yeah. mix we spend more, everything. More yeah. time with each other than our wives. It's yeah. pretty, pretty wild. Yep. Now that we work next to each other again, it's even worse it's yeah <laughs> yeah our, our desks are side by side so oh, well. it's, yeah. we sit this close every day yeah yeah yeah, yeah. productivity mm. gets it's good difficult sometimes Just talking about hunting yeah pretty much yeah yeah 
So you live in Oregon now, but you're originally from back east, right? Virginia. Yeah, Whitetail kid. Is it back um, east or over east? Or I think it's back east. The Far East. The far east. Yeah. It's not the Far East. Middle it's East. Not the far east. Back, back East. Yeah. Back East. <laughs> the Middle East. I think yeah. you're from, <laughs> yeah. Not from, not from the Middle East. But so, back east, I think. Why do we always say back east? I don't know. That's what, that's what we say in Utah. Mm-hmm. So in Utah. Back like east. That's where back everyone east. came yeah. from everyone originally. Came from, yeah. you know? So it's part of the country I just don't try to spend a lot of time in. Yeah, I haven't been back much in the last 10 15 years gotcha but back east great place but you still white tail hunt yeah yeah i still white tail hunt i kind of like went down the rabbit hole of elk hunting mm-hmm. especially like western oregon getting into roosevelt's mm-hmm. when i came out there and so just going like gung-ho on that for shoot 10 years and then i finally kind of started to come out of the rabbit hole a little bit and uh just missed like being in a tree stand you gotcha. know and so I've, I've flown home a couple times shot deer with my dad and we're gonna do a little whitetail tour this this year we head to illinois in two three weeks yep. we'll nice. be down in nebraska and so yeah it's it's Pretty been good. uh good to kind of reunite with that passion cool give us a rundown what you do uh, my name's Anthony Cuomo. Um, I am the observation product manager. Um, then I also dabble in uh, lights and lasers as well. Um, so weapon lights <laughs> and weapon lasers. So sharks with laser beams. Um, <laughs> freaking sharks with sharks freaking laser beams. Freaking laser beams. Uh, but yeah, I yeah. So I manage all the product line for so all of our binoculars, which fall under the observation category and spotting scopes. Um, so from a day to day managing the business, trying to come up with new ideas and new product concepts and Mm. uh we basically as a product manager we you know uh, you know from a conceptualization point of view come up with a product brief and then basically hand carry the products all the way through to go to market and working with somebody like troy as far as from a marketing side of you know what our strategy is going to look like when we bring product to the market so Mm. it's uh it's really cool you know being able to work in this space and hunting is my all-time passion is being able to touch all the products that i get to use in the field Mm -hmm. and then getting to see people use them and talk about them all the time it's just it's like one of the raddest jobs i could ever have um and i've been at sig for like three years and honestly like the best job i've ever had so i bet that is cool like conceptualize something see it go to market and like you just said seeing people excited about yeah using something that you kind of it was your baby for a little yeah. while yeah for sure yeah and i mean it's even once it goes to market it's still your baby to carry on through and mm-hmm. you're you know constantly trying to evolve products and like how do you make the last product the next big product you yeah. know it's like you can't you can't just think right in front of you two three months down the road i'm thinking three years down the line of like what my category is going to look like from a business standpoint how much i want to grow it and you know from a product standpoint what the portfolio of products look like and Mm -hmm. technologies and you know with working at sig it's i mean we are technology driven and um i'm sure we'll get into the zulu sixes and all that but like you know everything from our side we are sig electro optics Mm -hmm. so a lot of you know you look at a lot of our optics it's all driven by electronic technology and uh we get pushed to just you know i'd say push boundaries day in day out and try to find new stuff and try to you know anything we're doing from rifle scopes to binoculars to pistol mounted red dots to rifle mounted red dots 
to range finders. Everything is just like, okay, what's new out there? What can we capitalize on? And, uh, and just drive the business that way. So it's, it's, a uh, it's super fulfilling. It's gotta be a lot of research work going into all that. A lot of like, brainstorming. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys yeah. just sit around and spitball? Just oh, yeah. wild, wild ass yeah. ideas? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All the time. A lot of it's like problem solving for ourselves. Just sure. like any hunt company, yeah. you know, it's we're the end user at the end yeah. of the day. So it's us spending time in the field and, you know, developing certain frustrations or preferences and, and coming back to the whiteboard and, and figuring yeah. out how we address that or solve for it in something tangible. Is that how you, you know? justify your days off, honey? You're like, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, 100%. I'm, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, no justification. Sorry. I'm out here trying to create problems it's to work. solve. It's, it's genuine. Work. Yeah, it's I mean, I think we're, we're the, the office refers to us as the Bino Boys. Bino Boys. And <laughs> the Bino the, Boys. The, the Bino Boys are gone. <laughs> the Bino Boys are in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we call ourselves in Vegas Seltzer Boys, and then they call us Bino Boys. <laughs> yeah. Some Bino Boys tattoos, I yeah. think, while you're here yeah. in Vegas. Dude, huh? you, We've got a long you're list gonna of tattoos. Right you're going to oh. trap into a very well, rich vein if yeah. we start getting into yeah. tattoo yeah. concepts yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, we had some bets uh, two weeks ago you for are tattoos. Morgan. It's mandatory, right? Yeah. I don't have any. None. He doesn't have one. Zero. No way. Yeah. Yep. Zero. Yeah. I wow. almost had one as he a result had one of what of you guys will me. get into here yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. But. but I mean, that's a podcast name again right there. The Bino Boys. Bino Boys. Pod. That'd yeah. be a great podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Straight Anyone mark, listening, you can't steal touch it. Touch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight mark. TM. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah. How long has uh, Optics with Six Hour been a thing? Because I remember, I'm trying to remember when I first, I've been going to SHOT Show for, I don't know, maybe eight, ten years, I guess, at this point. And I remember seeing the booth and it was you know firearms and handguns and those kinds of things but I, I distinctly remember starting to see like optics trickle in but like what's the history of optics with sig and like why where did that yeah. come from yeah so it's been i want to say now it's i think eight years maybe eight or nine yeah it's about eight years um yeah, the president of our company on the optics side, Andy York, he, I mean, shoot, they kind of started from a pool of like five people and they all had a background in, in optics and worked in other companies and they kind of split off and um, due to some legal reasons, they couldn't go and start a, another optics company immediately and they went off and did some other stuff and then got back into it and they went to SHOT Show and just kind of shopped the idea around mm-hmm. and um, ended up having conversations with sig and um that was that was how it kind of started sig, um, sig saw yeah the potential. the potential yeah and they were like dude we you know this we already make everything else yeah. optics are hand in hand yeah. with the vast everything majority of our yeah. product line yeah. so if we have an opportunity to just build this ecosystem let's let's do it and yeah. it, it started here yeah like range, range, finders. range finders that yeah, was that's right the first thing um i think it was like 2014 ish yeah that they brought the kilo the 2400 to, yeah i think, I think it was like the 2000 i think it started like with that. like yeah like the 1800s 2000s and then built into like the abs 2400 mm-hmm. yeah. um and then obviously now we've got 8ks 5ks and we've gone away from the whole 2400 2000 1800s and so now everything's k series of range finders but yeah it's it's been wild to see you know i shoot before i worked at sig i was looking for you know a range finder that was a lot smarter than i was yeah. <laughs> and i i stumbled upon i was actually on a colorado hunt and uh i was using another brand's range finder and uh it totally failed in the snow and i was just i came out of that hunt and i was like there's got to be a better solution out there and i just went 
and deep dove into every rangefinder out there, stumbled upon the 2400 ABS. And I like, I went out and bought it with my own money. And like, this was well before I worked at SIG. And like, I was like, wow, this is game changing. Like that was like huge being able to have mm-hmm. your ballistics right up in there and like being able to range, have onboard environmental sensors, the whole deal, loading ballistic profiles. And then, you know, enter four years later, I'm at SIG and, you know, being able to work on all this stuff and being able to like actually field test all these products. And it's not just like, yeah, I manage the Bino line, but you know, I work with our product manager, Aaron on the rangefinder side and, you know, he's, he's into the competition side, but I'm on the hunting side. Troy's there now. And we have a, I would say a pretty good population of people at our office that hunt. So it's, you always have feedback coming mm-hmm. back. It's, you know, people go out and whether you for, want it or yeah, not, whether you want it or not. Yeah. And some of it's if good. You're lucky, some of yeah. Bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's a good yeah. environment, yeah. 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 yeah, it's yeah. good. And that's mm-hmm. the cool thing. At SIG is just like all feedback's welcome and, you know, everybody can, you know, pitch in an idea and we'll vet out the ideas. And if it's good, bad, whatever, it's, it's well, I, all I, conversations. I pitch you some random ideas yeah. at random times and just like, yeah. hey, what about this? Yeah. No, I love I'm it. It's like, hey, can you maybe put that in there and yeah. add this little thing? So, I don't know. It's just one person's opinion, but yeah. you, you said that sounds cool. Yeah. And like, you actually just took my opinion and I don't know if it's ever going to go anywhere, but yeah. it's cool to be able to voice something. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I'm just a general user. Yeah. That's, no, all that's, that's all I am. And that's the thing is like, you know, you have to have direct feedback from people that are using the products to mm-hmm. make products better. And if as a product manager, you're not willing to take that advice or take feedback like that, then you're going to mm-hmm. have a rough time. And yeah. Um, even as a company too, it's like, you have to, you have to evolve and no better way to get direct consumer feedback. Mm-hmm. Is it a dumb question to ask you? Like, what's the origin of the name Sig Sauer? Like, what does it mean? Is it somebody's last name? Do you guys know? <sighs> Sauer, JP Sauer and Sons was the, the original. Okay. Yeah. And you might know more about the. Right. Super yeah. broken history. It was a Swiss company and I believe they were making wagons. Yeah, and yep. this is like I think 1800s. Mm-hmm. They're making wagons, and I might be mistaken, but I believe the Swiss military put out like basically an open bid for a contract for small arms. Hmm. And these guys were like, I mean, we're super dialed on wagons. We make wagons. <laughs> we can make wagons. <laughs> like yeah. screw it. Let's tr- let's let's see what we in. can do. Yeah. And um, and you know, kind of like morphed over time and evolved into them you know, making phenomenal small arms yeah. pistols and stuff like that yeah. and has kind of bounced around a little bit and morphed into what is now current day six mm-hmm. hour. Gotcha. Were you saying earlier that like the range finders kind of put you guys on the map for the optic yeah. side? Yeah. That was the first product yeah. we yeah. ever brought to okay. market. Cause, um, Cause I recall yeah. like way back in the day, you know, I was using different range finders with ballistic solvers in them, but they're big, they're clunky, you know, horrible battery life, horrible beam diversions. Went on a hunt once with my dad. Took, my dad came to Montana, and I was a resident there. He had the 2400 mm-hmm. ABS back in the day, and I was like, it's that small? Yeah. And yeah. it does all this? All that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's and the one I remember. I mean, a, a huge, a huge way of a shot yeah. show. Yeah. I, re- I remember that. I remember going through and doing, I can't remember if I was writing an article or something, but I remember thinking like, okay, I haven't seen this before. Yeah. Like that I, was the one that seemed to, it made a huge yeah. splash. Yeah. I was absolutely blown away how small it was and all, the power in a small rangefinder. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't, get all that before yeah. and it's like okay everything matched up but dad was using it. i was like i was blown away yeah, yeah. How, how far he could range he could range t- deer targets that far yeah. away had everything in there all your atmospherics we tested it in a vehicle and it was really hot range something put it outside let it acclimate again mm-hmm. like it gets 
totally different ranges yeah. that's supposed to because yeah. of the temperature yeah. difference yeah. and all the other you know atmospheric yeah. it's like that was it for me like that was not my first sig product yeah. i ever owned was yeah. the 2400 after that i was like i have to have one yeah, same here yeah it was like yeah. just a badass piece of product and now it's just evolved into all these other crazy things we have sitting on the table yeah and more how yep. we uh how we feeling about range finders for bow hunters specifically we're i mean so we've because <laughs> you've got you've got the loophole full draw five yeah. which everybody's mm-hmm. like oh that's kind of the yeah so quote unquote standard that was kind of like me coming into sig was you know obviously knowing what was out there and not being the rangefinder product manager but just kind of obviously being a user and we shoot our bows a lot and uh it's pretty much all we do in our off time if we're not i don't know hunting basically or if i'm not out shooting a rifle i'm at the archery range and you know talking to other people out there they're using the full draw mm-hmm. and whatnot and it's you know we had that conversation multiple times is the you know is the climb worth it and so we actually went at it this year and uh, we launched archery mode into our rangefinder so gotcha. all of our case i wasn't aware of that yeah. yep. so, this is a, i would yeah. really want to trail to hear this yes. discussion i was gonna so, bring up a little bit archery mode is yeah so we have in all, all the, all the range series, finders all the k series okay so if you had let's say you bought like a 5k before we had launched it you mm-hmm. just open up the app and it'll upload it right into your uh, bdx app and you can connect your rangefinder update it and you have archery mode built into it um so uh basically all we're doing is inputting the your bow speed into it mm-hmm. and it's calculating your drop for you mm-hmm. or your cut chart and um so yeah it's we went we kind of attacked it pretty simple um you know we don't have peep height in there yeah. and all the other stuff um that little has in there but uh yeah it's it's working great um i think you know there's yeah we've had it in hunter's hands we've had it in you know on um shooters on the asa tour all Mm -hmm. that stuff too so um i think we're just trying to expand it and trying to make our products better but day by day and trying to introduce new features like that um we are you know in the future i think we're trying to get things as small as possible mm-hmm. too. It's yeah. like, you know, from an archery specific, like doesn't need to have any ballistic calculators in there for a rifle, but we want to have cut charts built into mm-hmm. it strictly for archery. We will be working on that. And there's, I think, you know, the race of trying to see how small something can get and mm-hmm. how compact you can get on stuff like that. So is there a distance limitation on archery mode? That's the only thing I don't recall ever. Seeing yeah, there is. Um, it, like, and stopped. it turns over. So I think it's, I want to say, don't quote me on it. I believe it's it's like 150 to 200 yards, yeah, which yep. is and ridiculous. it flips yeah. over to um, uh, just a normal um, angle, you know, modified, angle modified. Yeah, so it's going to cover it's going to cover yeah. everyone. It's going to cover everybody for archery unless you're taking 200 yard bombs. So <laughs> have you ever taken a 200 yard bomb trail? Not on an animal. animal. Not an animal. <laughs> <laughs> you have on a tarball. Yeah, I probably have. Doing those like, I'm just for send shits it. and giggles. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, like at a fun shoot or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I've probably taken a 200 yard. Damn, I was shooting a lot two mornings ago, like 120, 130. Yeah, yeah but not not too hondo. Mm. That's a poke. Yeah, it's a poke. As long as that arrow in the air. My yeah, God. 150 would cover it. <laughs> I think. It's like watching <laughs> a recurve. Yeah. 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 Yeah, my biggest gripe with range finders, I'll just throw it out there real quick. It's yeah. just the amount of pressure it takes to activate the button. That's my biggest mm. beef with a range finder. It has to be super light because otherwise your hand shakes too much. Yeah. And like yeah. when I'm nervous and I'm in tight anyway, like I'm I'm shaking. And it's it sounds stupid, but it's actually one of the biggest reasons I like the I use I have a Leica, but mm. I like that's one of the reasons I like it is because it doesn't take much pressure. 
Yeah. To push the button. So I'm just going to throw that out there right from yeah. the jump. Well, I like it. Take that <laughs> yeah, just, right back to the office. Yeah. Got to be light, yeah. light, light enough that when you push it, you're not getting a lot of handshake in it. I've never thought about that. Really? Ever. Yeah. That's never even crossed my mind. Look at that. See, and this is why you have these conversations. It because is. It's it truly like, is. Yeah, yeah. You hear things from people that are There's users. Different use I, 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 I would never thought about that. I would about Because a lot of them are pretty stiff. Yeah. yeah. You got to give it a, a yep. pretty good push. I feel like this is not. That one's pretty light. Yeah. Do you like it? It has to be pretty silent too, right? You it's don't want silent, to, yeah. yeah, can't click. I don't or like a loud what are we clicky. talking about? Yeah. Are we... All right, trails in the range. Yeah, it's pretty light. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. The mm-hmm. cut chart that we developed for this, we had to do ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't run Archer's, Archer's advantage, advantage. Yeah. Um, and so our product line manager for range finders, aka space boy, we call him space boy, um, because we poached him from NASA. And so like <laughs> the dude's way smarter than like all of us combined. Yeah. Um, and we basically locked him in a room and had him figure yeah. out that specific yeah. archery gotcha. cut chart yeah. based off just simply bow speed arrows. Yeah. Yeah. That one's pretty light. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I haven't played, I mean, admittedly, so I haven't played a lot with, uh, with SIG products. So I mean, other than just picking them up at a show, I'm kind of tinkering with them a little bit. Yeah. I haven't had one out in the field, but that one feels good. And that's why I wanted Trail on here. Because oh, yeah. yeah. we have a person who uses them every single day. <laughs> and no one, so it can't be like, oh, Brady's just always biased. He just loves yeah. them. Everyone yeah. Sometimes that. the mom's a little slow oh, to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. adapt yeah. Good balance. I will say the only, the only animal I've really missed big time was due to an angle compensation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few years ago, I missed a bull downhill. My range finder, you have to hit the range. You have to wait like a split second for the calculated range to pop up. And I just spaced it and yeah. shot right over the top of him. So I am, I'm, I'm in the market. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Troll wants something quiet, easy to push a button, and not complicated on the screen for his bow. That's, That's it. That's just kind of what yeah. you're saying. Give, yeah. Give yep. me, give me cal- calculated range. Yeah. That's it. I can do the rest, I think. Yeah. Can you? I can try. I'll give mm. it hell anyway. Well, maybe while we're talking about that, talk to me about uh, the 4K with the optical stabilization. stabilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How that so, kind of works. Yeah, we we obviously started doing the image stabilization in the binos first, um, <clears throat> and then kind of I think just naturally people asked for it in rangefinders and. Yep. Yeah, the 4K kind of just came up in conversation. Uh, you know, I think you know, obviously back to consumers, like talking about it at shows and, you know, everybody asking for it. Can we get that? And the new question is, can we get Zulu sixes with a rangefinder built into it? And Mm -hmm. we're obviously that's (laughs) on the map. That's on the, I think it's, it's something we're exploring. It's just very difficult with the image stabilization to get a rangefinder to accurately range range at the same spot. And so that's why on the 4k, it has a, the degree of image stabilization is like half of what the binos are. Um, so the cool thing with the range finder is you're talking about shaking and all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, as soon as you hit that range button, I mean, it basically just, you know, takes all that shake out and iOS turns on or did I say that? OIS, OIS, iOS, that's a computer sign. Um, (laughs) the image stabilization, as soon as you hit that range button, cranks on and it just stabilizes your image um so yeah that's kind of how the the idea was born out of the image stabilized binos and Mm -hmm. um i think definitely like at the total archery challenge this year we we showed up with products and we 
I mean, it was really, I think, heavily based on the Zulu 6s and the 4Ks were wildly popular. So as you push the button, it stabilizes itself. There's not two separate modes. You don't have yep, to push correct. two buttons or anything correct. like that. Yep. So you push the button yep. to range, it stabilizes, it stabilizes gives your you range. Image. Yeah. That also has archery mode in it? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. I don't know about the button on this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it right enough for trail? I am. I oh, am. Dude, that's even lighter. Even lighter. That's even like lighter. That. Yeah, yeah. And that's like oh, yeah. that's an awesome yeah. one too that we've seen like getting feedback from folks like kids. Yeah. Mm. You know, shooting their first deer, or sh yeah. whatever. When that kid is just like losing yeah. it, you know, it's a little easier yeah. for them. You're like in that moment, dad's kind of faded back. Maybe he's calling a bowl in. The kid's like just old enough to go up there and you know do yeah. it on his own. It's an awesome technology for for those that like might need that stabilization a little more than others mm -hmm. you know that, that was one of those things i was like well you got him in the zulu sixes can you get in a range finder and make it work and then kind of you yeah. know, launch that one and could it be something safe to say that you know since it's there it might evolve into other you know monocular range finders that you guys have or is it as far as the image stabilization stabilization uh, is that a feature like maybe specific for that one? Yeah, I think right now we're living there. I don't know on the roadmap uh, if Aaron has it. I'm sure he has other plans to do some some other ones. I don't know if we'll see that get into at 8K yeah. anytime soon. Um, I think it's something that we're still trying to, you know, obviously it's a great product. And again, just always looking to refine things and make better in the future. And I think mm -hmm. once we get to that point, I think it can evolve into something with an active matrix OLED yep. display like the the 8k and mm. 10k have mm. so like the solve with image stabilized rangefinders is like we can stabilize the image that you're seeing but you can't stabilize the actual yeah the handshake hand. yeah. and the laser itself that's even you kept know? me up at night trying to leave and even though i don't work for anyone <laughs> yeah. like, how could that actually work yeah because yeah. if it could it'd be just perfect yeah you could do both yeah, yeah. But it does seem very complicated. Like, yeah, it's moving around, and where's the beam, you know, getting yeah. shot off from that? And is it going that's through that? The, that's the tricky part. Yeah. And that's, like, the trickiest part with having an image-stabilized bino with a rangefinder built into it. Is like yeah. That's, like, the number one question we get asked everywhere we go. It's like, mm -hmm. when are you guys going to have that in the yeah. Zulu 6? And it's... Uh, it's it's space boy's gonna have to figure that one out. Come on, space boy. <laughs> Back to the dark room. Yeah. yeah. Well, while we're talking about that, can you describe like what beam divergence actually is on rangefinders? Because it's, it's a little bit of confusing thing even to me. Like, how would you describe that to someone? Like, I'm probably the worst person to ask that question. Yeah. If space boy was here, he would be able to nail that down. I know his numbers. Like, I have yeah. right here my computer. You know, like the, the AK 1.2 yeah. by 0.25 MRAD. Yeah. But like, how would you describe that? And like. You know, that's obviously gotten tighter over the years. Yeah. Like things have gotten better and better. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not even. What are you even talking that. about? Yeah, I'm the marketing guy. What is the marketing way out here? What is that? So you know how like, you, you, know, like, you can take a rangefinder, and I've done this before with all rangefinders to test out where the where, the where it's actually, actually where it's actually hits. ranging in the middle. So you can go from a, like a telephone pole, look up at it, hold the button, go over to the telephone pole, and all of a sudden it'll pick up. So you can see where in that. Oh, where the beam is, yeah. and come back down. So it's like basically how tight the beam is hitting yeah. something. Mm -hmm. You're looking at so we're looking at an animal really far away. Mm -hmm. Am I actually ranging that deer, or is the beam divergence a little bit Scattered. bigger? So it's picking yeah, up to the right or left yeah. of the animal. So I'm mm -hmm. actually getting a tree that's closer, and the deer's way further back. So if I now dial for that, since the beam divergence was mm -hmm. wide, I'm not actually getting that deer that's in that I don't know clear cut or something. There's like that. There's an answer to this question. 
So the AK. Just get closer. Get closer. Well, there's that. <laughs> Come on. But then the AK, you can actually adjust your beam. Yep. And so, that's one of yeah. the favorite features yeah. on that, that you can move and that around to get that perfect. a lot of people don't know that. Yep. Yeah. So 10K as well. So mm -hmm. AK and 10K, you can you can actually you can go into the that. Beam? You can nope. shrink it, but you, you, can, you can actually can... adjust it. Oh, yep. so oh move it. So yeah. that's why I said okay, that, yeah. that, that telephone. Gotcha. Adjust I'm tracking, yeah. yeah. It's the best way to do it. You can do it with any rangefinder. And back in the day, me and my dad had little notepads. And we wrote down where exactly our rangefinder, yep. the beam was in the middle. It wasn't in the middle. It was always maybe off to the left, high a little bit. So we knew that needed to be on the animal. But now we said with yeah. the AK, I could That's really actually, I I actually move that. I could actually move yeah. that crosshair point around to get it perfectly. Yeah, you're not actually moving the beam. You're moving your crosshair. Yeah, on the, the, on, the, the, on the on the you're screen. zeroing yeah. your yeah, you're zeroing your hmm. yeah your so display. Your reticle. Like yeah. you said, yeah, you could get closer, or you could just get some cool tech. I didn't know that. Yeah, with some tight beam. About a rangefinder. Yeah, technology is pretty cool. That is, yeah, yeah. Wow. So that's what, yeah. I I'll, thought that was. Sorry, I don't have I'll, a I'll wonderful answer. Yeah, on that. No, it's yeah. like primarily yeah. bow hunting. That's way above my <laughs> pay grade. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I get them, I get them close. Yeah, for competition shooting, for like what I use the yeah, 10k for that matter. Like I'll definitely go in there and adjust. Yep. Okay. You know, uh, as far as my reticle goes for that, but yeah, because I know AK like too, and it's like. It's usually very, very little. You're making an adjustment on it, it is but very little. yeah, it's it's a huge selling point because I mean, and a lot of people don't even know that they don't. I would say probably 98 percent of people don't and, know, and that's where sometimes you're at the range or you know you're missing an animal. You think, oh, it's my gun. I'm not getting you know the dope correctly, but sometimes it could just be beamed to where your beam is actually aiming at, yeah. and it's shooting the burn behind it. It's so always you're dialing gun. up too high. It's always a gun. It's always, it's always the gun. gun. It's, it's never you. Gun's fault. It's always it's never the always user. It's always the bow. Yeah, it's always the bow. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. I learned something. I didn't know that. I'm, I, love, I love when trail says you learn something. <laughs> 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 that's, my whole, that's my whole goal in life. <laughs> Let's talk binos. Yeah. You guys are, you've, you've made big waves lately. Yeah, we are, uh, we're freaking, we're in the relaunch mode of all of our binoculars. Um, I, I got so when I started at SIG, I was hired on as the thermal product manager and weapon lights and weapon lasers product manager. And uh, we we didn't have we only had the Echo 3 thermal and we were looking to grow that line. And it was just kind of wasn't it wasn't top of mind for us. And mm -hmm. my actual my boss, Joe, uh, was still managing. So he was he's the director, but he was still managing the binocular line. And I was like, hey, man, I was like. <clears throat> what are the chances are that I could just take that category and run with it? And he was like, well, was like, I'll think about it. And like a week later, he came back to me. He's like, cheers, go for it. So we basically just, my whole plan was like, we have the Zulu nines. Why uh, do you want to do that? Why? Yeah. Just personal interest in optics. Just, or were you like, did you see, not, did you see something well, like on the, on, did you think that there was something you could take on that you could make a splash that you could do something? You I, I felt like there was like our, so our original like industrial design was all based around and this idea is called stealth ID. Mm -hmm. And that was like what everything looked like. And like, you know, we had really good binos like glass wise, but everything was old and stale and they'd been around for six years and they'd just been kind of chugging along, chugging along. And mm -hmm. we had the image stabilized binos and they were maybe a year and a half, two years old at that point. So like me as a, like all I, want to do is hunt and you know obviously i love glassing glassing is probably my i would say pro 
top five things to do is just sit mm-hmm. down in glass and pick part terrain and it's like a treasure hunt and yeah. uh, so for me it's like i just love it and so being able to kind of just take it over and revamp it was kind of like all right this could be cool like i could actually like do some really cool stuff here and like mm-hmm. we obviously have a huge backing and like we can i think we could actually do some legit products here and we we had a good basis of as far as glass and optics go already but you know from an industrial design and just like some simple things could be changed drastically um so yeah set out and basically 2023 was the relaunch of all of our you know every single binocular that we had in our line from just a non-range finding binocular was like looking at everything what can we do what can we improve uh first things first we tackled the zulu sixes um with the image stabilized um by now it's like you know, as far as the feedback goes in the marketplace, people were already kind of, I mean, people were buzzing about it, but it wasn't like in everybody's face at that point. And the people that knew about it kind of knew about it. Um, but, uh, people you know, like me were kind of keeping it secret. Yeah. For a people were, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people were not talking <laughs> about it a lot. Is there anybody else doing it? Dear Wolf? Um, I mean, there's people like Canon's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, non-endemics. I remember yeah, the Canon. Yeah. That appeared by, I remember they those. They still have them. Fujinon. There's a bunch. I mean, there's. Steiner. Yeah, there's smaller companies doing mm-hmm. it that are in the hunt space, like really fringe, like tiny, tiny companies like overseas. But um, as far as like in our space, nobody's touched it. Um, and we, again, kind of we coin ourselves on technology and innovation. And um, I think the original Zulu sixes were definitely that. Um, I think the biggest feedback that I got at the time was the clarity in glass. Mm-hmm. low light um, conditions was a that was kind of like one of the biggest things that people would always bring up to me uh, prescriptions as well like you know is there any other prescriptions you guys can come out with and so we set out on that first was like how can we improve the glass what prescriptions can we uh, you know introduce and then it was also like okay like what else can we do to these to you know bring some more interest into it and obviously make it a better tool and uh, we ended up developing this new mode in them called target mode and target mode is 50 percent more stable than the original scan mode that we had so you already have something that's super stable and great for scanning terrain and then it was you know how do we develop something that's a little bit more extra as far as you know the image stabilization and how do we you know make it like a true glassing experience off of a tripod because um, that was the whole point of the Zulu 6 is ditch a tripod. You don't need a tripod with these, and mm-hmm. you don't have to sit down. So your speed, I'd call it, it's like speed dating, but speed glass. Um, speed dating? Speed dating. Maybe I should try that. Yeah. Ears perked up. <laughs> <laughs> speed glassing. That's what uh, you like. But, yeah, it's, you know, so I think that was, like, the, the recipe there. And we developed the new mode, target mode. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we kind of just went to, the, went to the drawing board, looked at prescriptions that we wanted to introduce. We had the 10 by 30s. Uh, 16 by 42s at the time uh, we introduced a 12 by 42 and then uh, then we introduced the 20 by 42 as well um, so we pretty much came to the table with a whole you know a menu of different prescriptions versus just the two that we had um, so yeah it's that product in itself has been probably the biggest launch we've had this year um, guys like Brady have been you know you've been raving about it um, you know everybody that tries them it's it's one of those optics you have to like 
actually try to yeah. see you hear people talk about it and you kind of just kind of brush it off and you're like yeah cool all right that sounds sounds neat dude yeah. but then you get them in your hands and you're like holy crap like yeah it's it's so literally I, game changing I've, I've been kind of the you know i'm kind of the guy that's like i don't know yeah i just yeah. i don't know i'm slow to it and i've got the things that i like i like the tripod i like the you know other I've used Leica mostly. Yeah, yeah. It's been my go-to and I look through a Leica. I'm just like, man, it'd be damn tough to imagine to get it any better than this mounted on a tripod. So I'm curious, like convince me what, what is it about this? I mean, is it clarity? Is it stability? Like, do you really, you prefer that over something else mounted on a tripod? So if, if it depends on what kind of hunting I'm doing and I like to, I, I kind of approach it as like, it's a different tool to okay. have. Okay. So I don't, I won't sit here and tell you to replace your 15s on a tripod mm-hmm. any day, but like a pair of 10s on my chest and the vinyl harness, I'm running 12s or 16s all day over those. With the stabilization. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like hundred percent. Like depending on what kind of hunt I'm going on, like I am a 15s, 15 by 56 in my pack with a tripod. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm doing that kind of hunting, sure. and I want to have that extra, yeah. you know, as far as like clarity and glass mm-hmm. like you're not going to beat that it, it's unmatched like i'm not going to be su like you're not going to sure. i'm not going to sit here and tell you oh yeah it's better than zulu 10s or whatever you know um but what you gain out of that is like with the you know 12s or 16s on your chest is like i don't have to sit down i'm mm-hmm. not wasting time pulling the tripod out of my pack if you're on horseback you can glass while you're on horseback like i mean there's just so many different things if you want to drive down a highway going 60 miles an hour and glass while your partner's driving yeah not you driving but you sure. know you can be glassy the autonomous cars driving down the road i mean i guess you yeah. Can, yeah, yeah yeah we ran a bunch so of those that's what yeah. is an autonomous truck yeah yeah it can drive me mm-hmm. while i glass i mean <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's a different tool, and I, I think that's what's so unique about it is that, you know, while you're hiking, you stop for a second, you're glassing, and you're it's like you're glassing off of a tripod, but you're not wasting that extra mm-hmm. time sitting down and, and setting up. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many different uses for it. Like, I think Brady was talking about glassing off of a raft. Like, you ain't doing that with a pair of binos, no. mm-hmm. regular pair of binos. Like, handheld, when you go handheld, yeah. stabilized versus anything else, doesn't matter how good that glass is of, of whatever you're holding that might not be stabilized. Yep you're going to get outglassed every time hmm? by stabilized binos. It's this, like not yeah. even close. This is why I'm glad you guys are here because Trails heard me rant about this yeah. a lot. <laughs> you know, I talked about it. All my hunts I come back from, the use cases, windy, you know, whatever it is. But literally, like I said, you just said, you can outglass someone else. Oh, yeah. with No matter what binos they have from what manufacturer, you can see more details yeah. with a stabilized image. If it's one-to-one, you're both freehanding, the stabilizer is going to beat every. Yep. When you're hiking, there. when you're hiking up a hill and you see an animal try to skirt through the timber, you're trying yep. to pull up your binos. You're you're literally breathing, breathing hard. Heavy. Yeah, yep. you can't get really stable. Yeah, I can just flip a switch. Yeah, it's like I'm glassing up a tripod. Yeah, move my mic. Yeah, I ran around on a spring bear. Like we, I did a backpack spring bear hunt this this past year, and I I got to the end of the trip, and I was kind of looking at my buddy, and I was, I had had that epiphany moment where I was like, I realized that I was so much more efficient in mm-hmm. time on this trip. Especially with bear hunting where it's like, is it a stump? Is it a bear? Yeah. Is it this? Is it that? Like I was able to just 
we were both able to just fly through country mm -hmm. and not sit, pop the tripod out, yeah. then you get stuck bullshit yeah. and eating snacks or whatever. And yeah. you know, what should be a two minute thing, if that 30 seconds turns into you spending 15, and, 20, 30 and minutes imagine, on the hillside. Like you how know? goofy you look holding your bow with your binos like this. I'm like this. Top cam? Yeah, like something that. Troll can relate to. I'm just like I do it this. all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I go hand put mine. Like out of habit, yeah, out of habit, but sure. like decade of, of single-handed, single-handed, yeah. yeah. I can now glass you. That's I've, the crazy part. Yeah, I've like, had a, I've had a couple of moments within the last probably three months. Things that people have said. Brady, I think, told me one time. Say the the argument that he makes, like if you're hiking up a hill and you mm -hmm. see an animal and you are breathing heavy, like that makes total sense to me. Mm -hmm. You can pop that up because I've definitely had those situations happen. The other one. Uh, I had a guy on my podcast, Jared Knighton was his name, and he's, a, you know, he does mostly high country archery mule deer. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, above timberline, alpine type country. And I was asking him, you know, what's your glassing setup? And he's like, I don't bring a tripod. He's like, I just glass off my knees. I sit down and I glass off my knees because that early season, he's like, I feel like I can pick apart the landscape a whole lot quicker without digging through a tripod. And actually, as I thought about it, I'm super meticulous when I dig my tripod out. Like I yeah. am dissecting a hillside probably yeah. too slowly yeah, for, yeah. for totally. a lot of environments. Yeah. So when he was talking to me, that's when, you know, a product like this popped into my head. And I was like, oh, that would make good sense because you could still get the benefits of having a stable uh, line of sight, but mm -hmm. also the ability to go quick oh, yeah. without yeah. a tripod and move mm -hmm. quicker. Oh, you're covering more country. Yeah. yeah. The other thing, too, is like eye strain, eye yeah. fatigue. You know, it's incredible. Like spring bear season again i go back to it it's a season i spend probably the most amount of time behind glass for what i do and you know you get to day two or three spending that much time behind binos you start working up a pretty decent headache from yeah. mm -hmm. eyes straining to stabilize an image for yourself if you're not putting something on a tripod every single time and so i've found like i have i have a, an astigmatism and getting these things balanced and then running these heavily i i can make it so much longer so much deeper in my trip without working up that like glass headache hmm. it even it even comes down to me is like i can glass in comfort yeah, yeah. i can now like lean forward and glass off my knees like, yeah. mm -hmm. before i'd be shaking yeah. i could feel my heartbeat because i'm that focused but with stabilization it cuts it down yeah so i don't have to lean awkwardly into a tripod you know, sometimes your body, you just want to lean back. Like I can lean back and literally have glass with one hand. Yeah. I can just lean over yeah. my side, rest my arm on something. It's glassing. It's, it's comical. On my tripod. It's comical. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy hilarious. what you can really yeah. do. And yeah. you can, obviously you're not going to want to stand on a ridge and skyline yourself, yeah. right. but you can stand a lot more in glass from yeah. maybe sitting down. It's wet or there's snow. Yeah. I can, I can stand, you know, in some brush or whatever in, in glass. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be completely frank with you. Like, before I became completely obsessed with these, mm -hmm. like I was like you, I was like tripod, best mm -hmm. glass possible, best glass possible. And that was like my favorite thing. And it took me a long time, even as a product manager for this category to transition over to the Zulu sixes. And like this year I like dedicated like all of like pre-archery season like just you know at the range using them i even used them at an nrl hunter and like it blew me away how fast i could acquire targets with that versus like the 10ks mm -hmm. and i was like shocked and i went into broadhead league that we shoot at home at the archery range and we had just gotten the zulu 10s i threw a pair of 10s in my bino harness and like i mean they were in my bino harness for like 
a day. Yeah, like one, <laughs> one I, round? Yeah, and I went back to the image stabilized binos because it's like it's once you do it and you commit to it and like actually see the benefits, mm-hmm. it's it's tough to, to make that choice, decision, whatever you want to call it. But like when you see how effective they are, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, I can see that being at the archery yeah. range. So many times you throw your tens up to check your arrow oh and you shoot yeah. at 80 or 100 yeah. yards. You're like, yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know. I can't really tell. I need to shoot rider veins or yeah. something. You can't tell. I could see that definitely yeah. being, you know, you get 16 power and yeah. image stabilization. You could definitely see where you're going. But even at. like when we were just in New Mexico running the 12s, I mean, the 12s have been kind of like my sweet spot. And 16s are great for, you know, glass and I would say, I don't want to say big country, but I mean, bigger country mm-hmm. where the 12s for archery elk, I think, are just I, the perfect sweet spot for me. And I is think, that what you wear around your neck most of the time? Twelves? Yeah. That's what I run. So yeah. you make those in a what? A 12, a 16? Uh 10 by 30, 12 by 42, 16 by 42, and a 20 by 42. Okay. So um, 12 by 42 then. Yeah, that's, that's my that's my favorite. Um I think Brady, you're 16. 16 yeah. fan, yeah. Um I think for all around, like the 16s are great. I mean, I just happen to have the choice to use mm-hmm, everything. So yeah. um I've kind of fallen in love with the 12s, and yeah. uh, Same. that's kind of been my my sweet spot. It's it's crazy to think that I can handhold handheld 16s because of the stabilization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that's so the I, other thing. I'm picking out details that I yeah. never could picked out before. I mean, yeah, my field of view is a little bit less because it's you know big zoom, big power, yeah. but uh, it's just so nice. Do you get feedback? People get motion sickness from it because I spent some time looking through Brady's and I felt like I was getting a little bit of the wah-wahs. I've I've heard people talk about it. Um, there occasionally we'll have somebody say, Oh, this is like they come out of them and they're like, you know, they'll be glassing and they're kind of like moving back and forth. <laughs> they're like, they're like yeah. hey, just you know, calm down. I just wondered um, if it was something you get used to or if it's something that persists with folks. If I've, you've had that feedback, our, our uh, one of our guys there uh, at the office, when we first started playing with target mode, he turned on target mode and it made him sick, like, and then used it again and it was perfectly fine for him. So gotcha. it was just not made him sick, but it just kind of was like he got that feeling yeah. of like motion sickness. But um, I'm pretty prone to getting motion sickness yeah. and I live behind these yeah. things. I don't I don't even remember a, a very like distinct or definitive, you know, acclimation period um, when I started running them. It just kind of picked it up and I was ready to rock. Yeah. And that kind of the other thing too is talking about weight, right? Brady brought it up as like, I mean, that's a huge proponent to this yeah. is like you're able to carry, I mean, the, the 12s and 16s and 20s all are the same size and mm. they all weigh exactly the same. So this so is the like, same size as the 12s? Yeah, yeah. this is Those the 16s. Yeah, and they weigh 20, I think it's like 23.2 ounces. So. Yeah. And those are 16s, right? So imagine if you were holding a pair of 15s, like Abbey Koenig Prism or, you know, whatever 15s you're running, like the weight is incredible. I mean, yeah. you know. And then you remove the weight of a tripod. Yeah, remove the weight of the tripod. Pounds. Like it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they run off of a AA battery. So you get roughly, you know, 30 hours of runtime on one AA battery. Um, so obviously, you know, I always recommend people to carry an extra battery with them or two, mm-hmm. um, depending on what kind of hunts you're going on. But I mean, I run, I've ran the same exact battery from archery, you know, broadhead league all the way through our last hunt and haven't had an issue with my battery. I think, you know, it just depends on how much you're glassing and, um, they have an auto 10 minute shut off too. So if you accidentally leave them on and you throw mm-hmm. them in your vinyl harness, it automatically shuts them off. So it doesn't kill your battery. This is 10, 10 minutes. 
fully. Like when, when, when I'm sitting yeah. there scanning, it's yeah. ten minutes. I was yeah. wondering what that yeah. was. Yeah, it used to be five. Yeah, um, I know it's on the a new lot ones, more. We increased yeah. it to ten. It was. It's always like a. It's like a goal for me to make sure I was glassing long enough to hit that time. Hit like, right? off. Yeah. If I can glass <laughs> for like whatever it was, that amount of time, yeah. I'm like, okay, I did something right. Yeah. Flip the switch back on again, off and on again. And yeah. I'm back and like, all right, now I'm going to go again. So yeah. it's like, yeah. it's a way to ensure I'm glassing harder too. Because yeah. yeah. I can yeah. use that as a gauge. A gauge, so. yeah. Yeah. Nice little self-timer. I mean, yeah. it's a I good like self-timer too. If you're not seeing something, move, move, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, if you're not seeing something within 10 to 15 minutes, it's time to yeah. kind of move along or start glassing a different area. So yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to sell at least the trail really hard. So I know trail, you probably got some more questions. Yeah. Right? What else? You heard, like I said, where, you heard me where, talking Where's about your glass man? Uh, these are actually out of, uh, China. Okay. Um, so the, so the glass itself is out of China. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're, these are assembled in China. Um, gotcha. our Zulu tens are all Japanese glass. Okay. Um, so, and that's, you know, from a price point perspective, they start at eight ninety nine and they go up to, I think it's like 1299 for the twenties. Yeah, um, so for the price, I mean, you, you really can't beat them. Um, and I mean, from the, the new glass that we put in here, um, so it's got ED lenses in it, um, so which mm -hmm. we call HDX glass. Um, I mean, from the old version, I mean, you use the oh, old it's version. A, it's, it's a big difference. Big difference right now. Um, and I'll be honest with you, man, like, you know, everybody's concerned because it's, you know, it's got a two-axis gimbal inside it, you know, what's it, you know, as far as, like, durability, durability and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, they're durable. I mean, I drop them all the time and I beat the living <laughs> crap out of them. And I mean, people keep them in their side by sides all season bouncing around. Um, one of our product managers took them on, uh, the, we did a, a spring bear hunt in Idaho and they were off of motorcycles and just beating the living crap out of them. And they, they, they hold up They're IPX seven too. So they're fully waterproof. Hmm. Um, so yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome. Did it take you a minute to get used to the, like the ergonomics of it being so much more narrow in your hand? At first, yeah. Because when I put it in my yeah. hand, it feels it feels feels weird. Weird, yeah. It feels At, weird that your hands are tighter than yeah. your eyes. You know. I honestly find myself glassing single-handed more than anything. Really? Yeah. Which Just is throwing them up. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I'm like a big finger on the brim guy. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Yeah. As well with yeah. these, you know. That's that's like my one downside. But you, I feel like maybe it's placebo. I'm finger on the brim for stability on a traditional pair of binos whether or not it actually helps i think could be argued mm -hmm. but it took me a little while to kind of like get used to that on the ergo side of things which is you know super minimal in the grand yeah. scheme it's also pretty unique how you can adjust it for your you know the width of your eyes yeah yeah like it's a very different style oh, mm -hmm. when people grab them and they try to adjust their ipd it's it's yeah. funny to watch oh yeah <laughs> but then you show them they're like oh uh, all right i get it. I think they're gonna yeah it's, yeah yeah, they, they look different than anything else out there. You look at them right oh, away, yeah. you're like, really? Star yeah. Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Like yeah I, had a, I had a friend in here yesterday who's a, a guide here in Nevada, and he's like, I want to pose up my eyes. He puts up my eyes, and like you're saying, like that instant thing yeah. when they flip that switch, they're like, oh, what? what? Yeah. yeah. They just did that? Like, it's cool to experience that with someone for the first time. Yeah. Like game changer. This is something, uh, you know, as far as this category goes, I mean, for the image stabilized binos specifically, you know, this is a category that we're going to be expanding upon, you know, for the uh, foreseeable future. I think we'll be, 
Where do you, you see know, it going? Lar- uh, larger objectives? Larger objectives for sure. For more, um, more light? Yeah, I think that's that's definitely in the horizon. Um, we're working on a marine side of, of our product line mm-hmm. too. Um, I mean, they're already IPX7, so from that perspective, they're already treated for you know being waterproof. Um, but yeah, we're working on a couple different marines, specific SKUs and different colors, um, different cases, floatable neck straps and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, looking to expand in some larger objectives in the future. So what are people using them for in the Marine side? Um, you know, it's, it's all over the place. I think, you know, I think it's, I don't know if it's actually true, but I heard somebody told me that every boat, like if it's a commercial boat, I actually, I believe that's true from a commercial side, they actually have to carry a pair of binoculars with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, one of the guys that I, I got a pair into his hands, he's using it as a commercial, uh, fishing guide and he's using it to check out other boats and what kind of bait they're using oh, and what's working. Nice. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a sport fishing guy. He's a, <laughs> yeah, sport sport fishing guy. Commercial. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So sport fishing guide and he's, you know, he's able to glass other boats up and see what hmm. they're using and seeing what's working. If something there they're not go. doing isn't working and, um, you know, being able to glass up bait balls too. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a huge, I think, you know, as far as uh, use case from a Marine side, there's that, I mean, on our side from, you know, you know, talking about Kodiak, you know, hunting black bears on Kodiak, like, yeah, I mean, being able to glass off a of boats or, you know, anything basically from that point of mm-hmm. view is being able to glass off a of boat. So, um, I think the use case from that perspective is, you know, could be hunting, could be fishing, could yeah. be, you know, birding and you name it there's so many uses for it when do you push somebody to a more traditional style of binocular versus the image stabilization binos um you know it's i think it's if somebody's got their mind set on Mm -hmm. like i want the best glass out there i i don't want any technology built into it i just want clean glass and you know i want the best optics i can get and that's kind of where I, i'll push them into gotcha. a zulu 10. um like so you, you know, say the glass you, is better like you, this yeah. is yeah, yeah. yeah would you. you say the glass is better in these oh than, yeah than yeah, yeah. Okay. 100%. For sure. yeah i think yeah so i mean this is japanese glass it's an abiconic prism mm-hmm. like yeah yeah as far as glass goes this will hands down beat that just glassing straight like if sure. i'm on a tripod and a, you know with a 15 by 56 versus a 16 by 42 like low light conditions the zulu 10s will beat the zulu 6s do you foresee the glass getting better in these yeah okay yeah, yeah i think that's i mean ah. that's i think ultimately it's just you know chipping Na- away natural and, progression yeah natural progression and how how good we can get it and i mean i would love to say next year we'll have zulu 10 glass in the zulu 6 but mm-hmm. in reality probably not going to happen but um we'll definitely continue to push the boundaries and, and figure out where we can go there good so job. i think people talk glass a lot and so much of what makes binos perform is is the prism yeah yeah too you know and it gets overlooked so it these being Abby Koenig, you know, I think Schmidt Peckin is kind of like the next step down. Yep. Um, getting into the science of like what makes an Abby Koenig prism do what it does versus the competition is is pretty interesting as well. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know the intricacies of like Zulu 6 and the image stabilized stuff and whether or not there's ever a chance that you'd see an Abby Koenig in something yeah. like that. But so, I think that's yeah, and, and could be a big drive. And going down that rabbit hole too, like do you guys know the difference in the prisms nope. so so there's a what makes the abiconic prisms so great is the amount of reflections mm-hmm. that when 
light passes through the objective, it bounces off the prism X amount of times and then goes into your eye. So Abiconic prism has, uh, shoot, now I'm blanking. I think it's like three uh, or three, four. Three, I think it's three reflections. And then the roof standard roof prism has six or seven reflections, totally blanking right now. But um, so you're basically getting less reflections of light on an Abiconic prism. So you're, you're getting losing less. You're losing less mm -hmm. light transmission there. So um, that is also what drives the size of the Abiconic prism. So the Abiconic prism is larger than a standard roof prism, which is why Abiconic binos weigh more. a lot more, or not a lot more, but a decent amount more, and they're a larger form factor as well. So, like, if you were to look at these compared to a Zulu 8, you know, they're you're probably size-wise, you're, I don't know, length-wise, maybe inch and a half, two inches smaller. Mm -hmm. So much yeah. more compact than an Abiconic prism, so. Very interesting. Yeah. So that's it's something a lot of people don't understand, too, is, like, what drives the size of those and the weight. Um, but that is kind of, that's... Background of that. I think that really makes sense. Lenses yeah. are important. Yeah. I'm not trying lenses to are, yeah. undersell. Good, good lens, good glass. The quality of yeah. glass, but a lot of people overlook the performance and and what what your prisms are really doing for you. And then you've got coatings, and you you've got you know, every company has their own coatings and marketing terms for every coating that they have. Oh, so yeah. it's uh yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into them. But yeah, as far as like if if you're looking for the best quality glass and yeah, Abbey County Prism and you're going to be sitting down and glassing off a tripod, 100% Zulu 10s mm -hmm. all day long. So, um, I mean, I like I said, I carry 15 by 56s in a tripod mm -hmm. if I want to sit down and pick terrain pick a, apart. Yeah, landscape. If I just want to speed glass and I'm on the move constantly, 16 by 42s are mm -hmm. kind of the way to go. And then the 20 by 42s, I mean, that's another tool too is like – now I've dropped a spotter almost, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, I don't need a spotter now. I can sit there and, you know, throw on image stabilization, get behind twenties and, and glass that way too. So. Hmm. You mentioned coatings and stuff like yeah. that. Like what are your recommendations for like cleaning, cleaning? glass? Yeah. It's I'm, like, I'm always so, so nervous when I put anything on there, <laughs> a brush, a lens cloth. I use a, I, I have a, a, a lens pen. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, if, if I have dust on the lens, I'll just, I'll use the brush side, clean mm -hmm. it off good. And then, um, usually those lens pad have, you know, or the lens pin has a little pad on the other yeah. end and I just use that to clean it off. And if there's any large debris on it, obviously I'll clean it a little bit different, but, um, but yeah, it's really the brush to get all the, like the big debris off of it. And then, you know, a lens cloth or, you know, the pad on the end of a lens pin okay. usually is a trick for me. Yep. Um, but the biggest thing is getting all that debris off mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, there's everybody says their lenses are scratch proof and all this stuff, but if there's a big enough piece of debris in there, they'll they'll get pretty torn up. Hmm. So I heard Porter's real bad for them, just rub, rubbing just whatever it is he's got in his hand on, <laughs> just, on the yeah. lenses, just yeah. giving a good thick wool jacket. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna rub yeah, that in just there. Rub those those lenses. Yeah, <sighs> I've heard rumor. I don't know if I've seen it, but I've heard rumor. I've put some pretty good gouges in my yeah. binos in the day. I'm yeah. staying quiet by choice yeah. right yeah. now. I've seen his binos now. <laughs> <laughs> are I mean, you bad? Yeah, mine are bad. <laughs> I, I used to be really yeah. bad. And then, you know, Cody Nelson, yeah. he saw some of my binos. He's like, Brady, uh, we're going to have to have a discussion here about, you know, keeping a tight ship and yeah. cleaning all your Dude, I don't touch always. mine unless it's like cleaning time. Now I start, I like start to freak brush. out now. Yeah. Like if I'm in camp at night, like yeah. I was just doing this weekend, yeah. I was cleaning my optics in camp yeah. and it was dark out, you know, just going through it. But like, yeah, I have my own method. I was just wondering. If you stay on top of it with a brush, I mean, you'd yeah. be surprised how clean you can keep them. Yeah. I always try to avoid like doing the old like, <gasps> like yeah. with, your, with mm -hmm. your like mouth and getting all that debris because yeah. you're 
you know, spitting food particles or whatever yeah. in the air. Like, who knows yeah. what you got? Yeah. Mule deer, Mule burger, deer particles. burger particles. Yes. Basmati rice. Basmati rice. <laughs> Black beans. <laughs> I like how he always says, what is it before the rice? What kind of rice? Basmati. Basmati. good rice. Basmati. It's good I like rice. That you it's a good choice in, of rice. Yeah. I like yeah. that you Quality. include that every time rather than just yeah. rice. J- Jasmine. Jasmine's also Uncle really Ben's. good. Jasmine's good. Really cool. Jasmine's I like good. high quality rice. Yeah. Uncle Ben's quick. Uh, no? No. Uh, no I food, is, food is fuel, and I want to fuel my body to perform the best it can be. <laughs> what kind of tortillas you get? Just regular? I have a, they're called like Mexican uh, or New Mexico something. But they're from New Mexico. They're flying tortillas. <laughs> and, Mex- and they're Mexico. There I even go. showed Ryan Gentry when we were uh, hunting put in New Mexico. Like, hey, you proud of me? I got New Mexico style, style tortillas. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's Do you good. have to put them in the fridge? Uh, I started recently putting them in the fridge, but I used to never do it. <laughs> I don't know why I started throwing them in the fridge. They were a little ripe. Are they supposed to be in the fridge? But I started throwing them in there. Yeah. I don't know if it's right or wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. My son is a quesadilla connoisseur. Oh, mine too. It's out of control. Yeah, most days. What do you want it's, for dinner? Chicken yeah. or not? A, not even chicken. Cheese just, quesadilla. Just a cheese yeah. quesadilla. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how many quesadillas we go through in our house. Do you ever buy tortillas. the raw ones like at Walmart? You just you no. throw them on a. Those are the best. No. Wait, what? They're un, they're I'm uncooked. Too wait, wait, what are these? They're just like tortillas. You you buy them in a grocery store. Oh, but raw tortillas. Yeah, raw tortillas. Oh, I thought you were talking about a raw yeah, quesadilla. I thought there was like yeah. 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 What's the yeah. raw, raw quesadilla. <laughs> That's what I get. Raw tortillas. It's a raw Jeez. tortilla. I was like, this is like uncrustable. This is like an uncrustable. You guys haven't heard about it. Yeah, uncrustables. Yeah, uncrustables. So give me. I want to run through a hunt scenario. You like you're a rosy guy. Yeah. What do you uh, What are you taking? Like, what's what's your setup look like for a hunt like that? So and I've why? been running twelves heavy, even know? though close proximity, most of the stuff you're gonna see is close. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, the Zulus, the Amish yeah, I'm running ones. the stabilized. Uh, prior to that, it was like just standard ten by forty twos. But you know, depending on how you hunt the coast, there are opportunities to get out and like see our big country, which would be like glass and clear cuts in the morning, kind of seeing where bulls are feeding. Um, you know, that's generally going to be like a mile, you know, yeah. may, like yeah. at the most really mm-hmm. is all you can see there. Um, and so those, those 12s have been great. And outside of that, like so much of Roosevelt hunting for me is just, it's, it's audible, you know, it sounds mm-hmm. we're, we're, I'm listening for a stick to pop or, whatever beyond that look at the map kind of figure out where that thing's going to be hanging out so there's i'm not glassing a ton Mm -hmm. you know sometimes if a bull hangs up and it's super thick and i know i'm within like you know 100 120 i'll pop the 12s out and try and pick stuff apart and see if i can catch a top or something twisting as he's just standing there locked up gotcha so and then a range finder Rangefinder, I'm running, I'm overgunned. I'm running the 8K, and that's, I just run one rangefinder for everything. It's got my rifle dope in it, it's got my archery dope in it. I use it for for all of my hunts. I think if I were to maybe do it over again or add something, I'd probably go down to like a 5K because the fire up time on it is a little quicker. There's, there's like almost a little video game intro on the 8K real fast. And so I've just, I've gotten in the habit of like, it's like my Samsung dryer that when it's done, you can turn it off. Dude, I'm lazy. I just got in the habit of clicking the button as soon as it's coming out of my pouch. And then I'm, clicking the button once i'm on he's new he's new that's what i was wondering is like how how user friendly are these to set up they're so I, it's they're once easy you, man once you go through it and like i mean you got the power user over here he's he knows every setting battery under, saver mode yeah, i mean there's bluetooth, battery bluetooth saver off when i'm in the mountains fog save. modes yeah. like i mean there's some there's some pretty trick stuff what does your bluetooth mode do for you 
to sync it with my phone. Just to, to, uh, phone. Like yeah. once I'm in the oh, field, yeah, I can do it once. Yeah. So yeah. Like the, the only other benefit though, well, I'll keep Bluetooth on is if I'm with my dad and I want to hand him my phone to do yeah. the heads up display. Yeah. So he can actually yeah. see exactly what I'm ranging in the yardage and he can visually see it on yeah. there. And sometimes it's nice just to look at that. When, oh yeah. Yeah. You can, see, you can see the degree you're facing, all the yardages, all yeah. the atmospheric conditions. Heads up display is great. So he sees, he doesn't see your reticle, he just sees your range, yeah, right? Yeah. He'll be able to see it on the screen, just all the yardages. Wind it's direction, wind direction yeah. speed. It's all the stuff you can see altitude. in the range All you range can finder. see in your viewfinder, yeah. he yep. sees on your phone. So he, yeah. can, he can sit back too and run like my Kestrel. You mm -hmm. can grab some of the wind at the shooter. Obviously, I still need to figure out where the wind is at the target as well. But he can start plugging some of that in for me, and it'll, it can sync it to my rangefinder. So while I'm over here ranging, he's like, oh, Brady, wind increases. Now it's 10. Is now that real 15. time? No, he, he can, like, he can, he can punch can it in and glitch it. Yeah. 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 Mm. And you can do it through the HUD, or you can do it through the quick wind menu too. Um, so like the 8K and 10Ks have quick wind. Um, so you hold the range of mode button down, and then it brings in the quick wind menu, and you can adjust your speed and mm -hmm. direction based right in there. Um, so for like NRL hunter stuff, like obviously hunting is a huge thing, but for like NRL hunter, you're like on a clock. You know, you have four minutes to get through all your targets and range your targets, collect data, and if the wind's shifting up there, you need to re-input your wind because um, that'll play a huge effect on your um, – you know, on, on your impacts. So being able to do that's huge, but you can do it in the rangefinder. You can do it in the HUD. Um, you can control what you display in your actual rangefinder too. So if you don't want all that information displayed, you can actually in the eight K's and 10 K's, you can, you can cut down what you actually mm -hmm. see in that window. And then in the HUD, you get all that information. So in that situation, would your dad have the rangefinder? Because I can see it working that way where you you're, where your hunting too. partner, yeah. because at that point you're in the gun, Yep. you lay your phone right here by if you're prone right nope. yeah he's making the range you're looking down at your phone which is a larger screen it's giving you nope. the range exactly yeah. i mean i could see that working yeah. pretty slick yeah. and then all i have to do is you know do the corrections on my yeah. scope yeah. huh that's cool yeah i like that mm -hmm. yeah and then as far as like um you know as far as atmospheric you know input you know you can do it automatically and it'll collect it i think it's every i want to say it's every 10 minutes it collects the data on the rangefinder or you can do a manual input and it'll pull anything it'll pull it from the nearest um like like weather station tower, but weather station in the area and hmm. it'll download it to your um into your app and then it'll directly communicate that into your rangefinder as well so you recommend having a rangefinder sit out next to you in the same conditions you're going to shoot for roughly 10 minutes yeah, yeah. But I most mean, of the time, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. out there anyway. Yeah, and a rangefinder pouch is not bad, but yeah. if you have like hot hands in your pocket and yeah. you have your rangefinder in your pocket, Oh, pretty hot hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My hands are always cold. That's why That's people, on, people on say, YouTube the other day more. made fun of me for carrying four pairs of, or I carried three pairs of gloves. <laughs> Systems to Alaska, but only have one pair of socks and underwear. I was like, well, my hands just get cold. Because <laughs> other things just don't matter. My hands got cold. My gloves have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Not mm. Mr. Sweaty Hands. Yeah. Cold hands. Hot hands, I said. Brady oh, hot, hot hands. hands. Brady hot hands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love being able to see all that stuff on there. Like I said, I'm kind of yeah. a power user. I love seeing yeah. DA on there. I love yep. seeing impact velocity. Yep. I love all that stuff on there. Like even the range signal. 
like all that stuff. Yeah. So to set it up for archery mode is pretty sick, pretty easy. Super, yeah, super, super easy. easy. Yeah, you literally go into archery mode on the rangefinder. We're working on it to bring it into the HUD, but right now it's only in the actual rangefinder. But you mm-hmm. go to archery mode, which is arch mode in the rangefinder, just due to the characters it can display um, on the five Ks and below. And you basically go in there, hit archery mode, and then enter your bow speed. Obviously, you gotta have a chrono mm-hmm. to get your bow speed, yeah. and then enter that in and. And away you go. Off to the races. And it just stays in that mode. It stays in that mode, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Can you explain, do you know the difference between the applied ballistics ultralight and then yeah. the elite? Yeah, I know some so of the rangefinders have ultralight, some yeah, of them have elite. So the I know eight, you guys are the bino guys, but we got a lot I of range know about, yeah. Beam diversions, <laughs> that's space boy. But uh, yeah, so um, applied ballistics elite versus ultralight. So ultralight is in the, I would say, 5K and lower rangefinders that actually have uh, ultralight in, in it. Um, applied ballistics elite lives in the 8K and 10K. Um, so basically what that allows the, the elite in layman terms is basically giving you data to a certain range. So the um, applied ballistics light ultralight gives you a data solution out to, I think it's 850 yards. I think that sounds right. And then the elite will give you a range out to however far you can range. So yeah. if you want to go shoot two miles, you can you get your data. Two miles. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's kind of in the layman terms. That's kind of the, the big differences um, in the actual app itself um, what you can input from a user side as far as ballistics go um, it's a little bit more in depth on on that side with um, applied ballistics elite Um, like you know you're putting in your twist rate for your barrel Um, you can get a little bit you can nerd out more on Mm -hmm. your reloading Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the light it's kind of more just geared towards a i want to say basic user but it gives you all the tools that you need to get good data yeah it's Um, basically like an easy easy mode in a way yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's all sorts of things. I mean, you can true your data. I don't know if you've messed with that yet. I'm sure yep, you have, truing. but yeah, you can do data true. Temp tables. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so much stuff you can do. Um, and it's, <laughs> I mean, the tool is as good as the user, right? And it's like if if you know all that stuff and you know how to go in and 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 adjust all that. I mean, you it's you're unstoppable. Yeah. Again, though, like Charles said, how easy it is. It is very easy yeah. but again it's like setting up anything like archer's advantage or whatever for a bow yeah. garbage in is garbage out yeah. yeah so when it's getting really advanced just make sure you're yeah, you know, entering you know, the right information yeah. in there truing your velocity you know entering the correct sight height all that stuff yeah sight height's a big one yeah truing your velocity i would highly recommend doing that 500 yards and out don't mm-hmm. it, the rangefinder won't even allow you to true your velocity from i think it's under 300 yards um, but you want to get a good true at like 500 600 yards mm-hmm. uh, and that'll give you some it'll give you a really good data set and that's why i love that you guys work with applied ballistics yeah. like i'm a big fan of you know, applied ballistics yep. brian litz yep. like all that like yeah and there's want to talk to a geek yeah i mean very, very smart there's him. like five other companies that do it um i'm kind of partial to applied ballistics so that's mm-hmm. what we use and um i've had great results with it and everything i've shot with applied ballistics is been money if you yeah. it, like you said garbage in is garbage out but if you put the the right data set in there it's it's pretty impressive yeah i think it's super easy i'm the testament <laughs> of this like it's so easy you don't have to take it this far yeah, like i think that's the beauty of this app and and this like the dynamic between the products that we do is if you want to take this thing to the nth degree you can if you're the kind of guy like myself that picks up a rifle like once a year mm-hmm. and and still wants to be very proficient and and know what you're doing and feel confident in the data that you're getting and giving you can still do that. Yeah. It's, oh, you yeah. can choose your own adventure with this stuff, yeah. all with the same product. Like we can run the same rangefinder, and you can take this thing to the moon 
and I can yep. hang out in like mortal <laughs> land with it and, and still be yeah, yeah. very proficient and confident in my rifle setup. Mm-hmm. Should we jump into the one fun question trail? Yeah, I was going there. Go ahead. You want to, you want me to run with that? No, I got her. Where do you, where do you think uh, technology could be going? You know, we're going to ever cross a line on any mm. of this technology in a whole. Yeah. It's not, not just optic, but hunting technology, maybe yeah. in general as a whole. Is there ever a point where you think, obviously with optics and stuff like that, and even, you know, like GPS apps, like you still have to be out in the field yeah. to be able to do it. But like... When you say crossing a line, do you are you meaning like is I, it? I would just say personally, how do you feel? Because you said a couple times that you're it's uh you know technology, yeah. right? Hunting technology, yeah. like for you ethically, is there? I mean, is anything that you would see? How do you feel about it ethically? I mean, image stabilizing yeah. binoculars is it too much? Is it too much that your, you know, your MOA, your dope Bluetooth to your you know to your phone or to your scope? You know, move your reticle if you mm-hmm. would. Yeah. Like, what point for you is there a point? Uh, just, just curious. How I do you feel about it personally? Personally, I feel that like honestly, we're, when we're giving the user who maybe like Troy's saying like I. I take my rifle out once a year to mm-hmm. shoot, you know, he's getting ready for bear season. He's getting out shooting and then going out on a hunt. And I, and not to just put that on him, but a lot of people do that. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, you know, take their guns, bows out of, you know, their safe or out of their garage or whatever. And they're going out on a hunt. It's one of like, my favorite things to do is go to run to my local Walmart, <laughs> like the, the day or two before the opener of the bow yeah. hunt, just to check yeah. it out. It's good. So you know, good watch and just see what I, people are buying. I personally think, you know, there's, there's two parts to that, right? It's like, we're giving people the tools to be a more ethical hunter mm-hmm. in that sense of like actually going out in the field and having gear that is, yeah, it's technology, technology, technologically advanced, but it's helping people, make the right shots and mm-hmm. having the right i'd say data set where they're not wounding animals and you know they're ethically killing animals now there's the other side to it is like too much technology is too much i don't know I, mm-hmm. I don't have the answer there but i will say from like talking to a lot of people and, and being in this industry is like a lot of people don't take their gun out you know to yeah. shoot, do due diligence to do their due diligence on going on a hunt and you know mm-hmm. killing said animal it's like you know wounding the animal because they didn't have the right data or they yeah. didn't have a true zero on their gun or whatever it may be um so i think technology is is helping certain people mm-hmm. um i think the image stabilized binos i don't know that's our i mean classing is our that's yeah. our only advantage yeah <laughs> it really is so, <laughs> I've got a different perspective on it. I, I wrestle with this. Like it, this is a a great question. Um, I think that like putting my brand hat on at the end of the day, it's, it's like on us and our seats in the industry to be kind of the ones that influence people to stay within their means in a good Mm -hmm. way. And like, yes, this technology totally gives somebody the ability to stretch their effective range and what, Mm -hmm. what their effective range should be in certain environments we should take onus and ownership of the fact that like we can influence the message and push the push the message that you can use this technology responsibly yeah Mm -hmm. and do it in a way that still keeps you in the parameters of what i would consider ethical um 
but it is it is tricky like i don't know where that line is yet um i think it's kind of a feel thing at Mm -hmm. times i can't sit here and just like point out you know a million different things that i don't do or don't agree with um it's the kind of thing that i think you experience or you see firsthand and say like okay i think that that was like that was over the line Mm -hmm. you know like that's that's too far um, that's the funny thing about the discussion we've had it with a bunch of different people that we've had on the podcast but it's like i can't really say what my my value my ethic is yours and yeah, that yours yeah, is mine yeah. nor, nor that it should be or could be i mean yeah, it's just yeah i mean there are certain things that are hard lines poaching mm-hmm. hard line yeah. you yep. know what i mean season dates all that things i i think there are definitely hard lines but when it comes to when it comes to this kind of stuff i mean technology it's kind of it's kind of some gray area. It's, it's a like, blurry line. Yeah, it's a blurry yeah. line. And I think it's a lot of it's individual, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's definitely things that personally I don't agree with, but then who's to say that my value is your value and that mm-hmm. my value has to be your value. If right. It's not like black and white as delineated within a game and fish regulation book yep. or that it's, you know, directly equated to negatively impacting populations or conservation. You know, if it's not that, then I don't, you know, yeah, it's hard to say. I was just, it's, I, it's always it's curious. Strange, yeah, because like, again, like I don't spend a ton of time behind a rifle. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah, nor I'm do I. Big archery guy, and so I know that I could take my rifle out of the case and run our dope and put a bullet on a gong at yeah eight hundred thousand yards. Is that? Am I your ever going to do range? that? That's not no. my effective yeah. range. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, I think. You know, I, I sit in bed a lot too, kind of thinking about these things. Like, w- I have a movable sight on my bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, not that I'm <laughs> flinging 120 yard shots with yeah. it, but it's like that te- is that too much technology? You know, like yeah. is is more than six pins enough? Yeah. It's I, I even had a guy once on a video we did back in the day where I was bow hunting, and he called me like a really horrible bow hunter. Because I kept, he's like, you rely too much on your rangefinder to get a range on the animal. You need to use your internal rangefinder in your head to just draw back and send an arrow. Hmm. So I don't respond to a lot of comments. Yeah, but, but you responded. To that I'm one. like, so you'd be the same person, opposite side of it. If I did did not use my rangefinder, yeah. so I mean, not using it, I just go send an arrow and I wound said animal. You'd be like, what the f, Brady? Yeah, you know, you're being unethical about not using a tool that you have available. Yeah, but to me, I owe it to that animal to do everything right to yep. make the perfect shot, whether yep. it's a bow or rifle. So that's why I, on that film, I kept ranging, adjusting my at a single pin sight. I had to kept constantly adjusting it, mm-hmm. try to draw back. Oh, the deer moved, let down, re-range. Yeah. Like that's just what I wanted yeah. to do to make yeah. the perfect shot. Sure, anyone else could have just flung an arrow and held over or held lower, like whatever. But it's like no. I have this tool here that can range it perfectly. Yeah. I want to make the best shot possible, whether sure. it was on camera or not on camera. Like I owe it to an animal. Same thing with a rifle. Like, yeah, I have the tools to make a far shot, mm-hmm. but I know where my limitation yeah. is because I practice all the time. Well, it's personal limitations and it's gear limitations. Too. Yeah. Like, I and mean, so there's... like, it's just going to make me a, you know, more well-rounded person having some extra things and knowing how to use them in this hunting situation. But yeah. I don't think anything is crossing you know, any sort of moral boundaries that I yeah. have or whatever, because I know how to use a tool and know when not to use a tool. Yeah. And we have a, I mean, one of the things that we have to, we didn't touch on it, but BDX too, is like our app is called BDX, but another 
technology that we have is, you know, it's called uh, BDX 2.0. And um, basically it's, it's our rangefinder pairing with a rifle scope. Mm -hmm. And so basically it takes all the, I would say, work out of having to know how to dial properly. And um, you basically range, you Bluetooth it to your rifle scope. You get your, you get your zero and all that. You enter in all your ballistic data and you're ranging and on your rifle scope in your reticle, it's dropping a, a red dot to where your aiming point is now. So your for, hold. what's that? For your vertical. Yeah, for your, yeah, for, yeah, for your holdover. So it basically takes all the guesswork out and it's great for kids, new shooters, mm -hmm. new hunters. Um, Me. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's great, but yeah. it's, it's also due to certain fishing game regulations. Sure. It's no, illegal no. in certain states to yeah. use, but, um, you know, it's, it's a great tool for people that are new into this world that yeah. don't want to dial. And, and, you know, it's like, yeah, you've got holdovers in a rifle scope and a reticle, but if you don't know how to use those properly in the moment, you get nervous and you accidentally count the wrong line and now you've shot over the animal or wounded the animal, whatever. It's like the BDX system does all that guesswork for you. Hmm. And it drops a dot right on your reticle, and boom, that's your aiming point. Hold that dot on the animal, pull the trigger. Um, but it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, certain blurry states. line. Like it's yeah. awesome for the for the like the kid yeah. or the new hunter or whatever to make an awesome clean ethical Guides, shot within their effective range. Guides hmm. and outfitters yeah. use them a lot to ensure that like they're providing a rifle or equipment that they're they know Nova's their dialed. client yeah. is going to like make an impact with awesome for that scenario the guy that shouldn't shoot past 300 yards and now has a dot dropped on his axis at 850 like yeah, not, not awesome no. you know so it's, it's, it's pretty it's, tempting yeah. yeah 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 that's the thing about you know i talked to brady and i've seen brady shoot you know i talked to a lot of guys that like long range shooting and you know i think so many people think that it's you know 90 percent the gun and 10 percent the guy right and I don't know that that's the case. I think a lot of people just don't have, I don't, I don't, I know I don't, I don't have the, the personal skill. It's just, it's, totally. it's just like shooting yeah. a bow. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like your form, your draw length, your grip, you know, the pressure on your release, the way you activate the release. There's so much that goes into that. It's not just simply, you know, mostly the bow. Right. There's a lot of it that is the rifle, regardless oh, of what kind of technology you've got built into it. Wait, everything you just said can relate to something with shooting a rifle sure it's grip pressure it's yeah. I mean, you name it everything you just said has a relation into shooting a rifle yep. too and like when you get into long range shooting especially the guys like top shooters man you get out there and you shoot with them and you're like holy cow but i don't think most people think that i think a lot no. of people i think no. most people are like me they probably think you know most of it's just the gun oh yeah you know you yeah. get the gun the yeah. gun's dialed yeah you know the scope does its thing it's yeah. bluetooth you get the reticle yeah. a thousand yards never yeah. shot one bang <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's I, not I don't that think easy. that's the case no. Mm -hmm. no so i mean look at the amount of work that you put in i mean yeah during the off season developing I'm constantly going to the range yeah i mean you're constantly at the range you're constantly the shooting portion is one thing but getting your rifle set up you're betting your stocks like i mean there's so many variables there that like it's yeah long range shooting is it's a whole another can of worms and it's like yeah being proficient with your bow is mm -hmm. the same aspect of being proficient with long range shooting and it's yeah. it's i i like both and i love shooting my bow and i love shooting my rifle and i i love long range shooting like mm -hmm. i love it um it's it's a blast um and there's so many different variables no pun intended it's a blast. <laughs> I think the thing is, it comes down to like people don't see the work that certain people do to be proficient in the weapon. Like yeah. I know Trail shoots his bow every day because I talk to him and yeah. he does shoot his bow every day. So he's very proficient in it. 
No one sees someone who, like me, sitting next to my TV downstairs, dry firing my rifle. Yeah. Like literally sitting downstairs, dry firing, like like laying down on the ground, (laughs) dry firing it, putting a quarter on my brake to make sure that thing stays on there every time I dry fire it. Like no one sees all that. I have a barricade built in my garage and I have a system that has a aperture. It's like an aperture stop that basically takes my objective lens down and I have targets printed on my garage wall and I sit in there and dry fire during competition season. I'm mm-hmm. on a barricade and I'll turn a clock on. I'll have my pack on like I'm getting ready for a stage. If you watch me in my garage, you'd be like, what in the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, so you're out in your garage, dry firing your rifle into a, on little small, a little yeah, small target like on a, the wall. It's an 11 by 17 paper and it's basically like a range in Oregon. You're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are you on a like a no fly list? No. Probably. No. No fly somebody, list. Somebody would report you if they no. saw you in your no. car. No. He's, He's on the Portland watch list. I'm just imagining sure. you yeah. being in Oregon in your garage. I shoot my bow in my backyard and I dry fire my rifle in my garage. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But see, it's like you're, you're putting in the extra work required. Yeah. It's not yeah. necessary, but yeah. for what you're trying to do. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you have to. I mean, if yeah. I showed up to a match and didn't put in that practice it would <clears throat> immediately reflect the results <laughs> that yeah. i walked away with on on sunday mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's a yeah i mean it's just being proficient in your activity whether, whether yeah. that's hunting everything your daily life you never hear anybody talk about that at least i don't maybe i'm just out of the not loop sexy. or out of the circle but yeah What's not that? sexy yeah that's why just, that's why no one posts any saying. pictures yeah. of it or video doing yeah. it it's yeah. like you're sitting there dry firing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just w- mental focus. Yeah, everybody posts a picture of their bow. How shooting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just sexier, I guess. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting ready for indoor season. I'm in my backyard. Yeah, shooting 20 yeah. yards and just yeah launching arrows. You got an indoor rig set up? Yeah, do you? for the first time ever. Do you? Yeah, yeah. It's, what are you? What are you shooting? Uh, what do I have? I don't even know. It's a you know, PSC kind of Supra? Super Focus. Yeah, Super. Supra. Yeah, yeah, Super yeah. Forty. Yep, gotcha. Yeah, my uh, one of the guys that was long bars. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's pretty oh, yeah. fun, huh? Oh yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty sh- fun to tinker yeah. with. He's like never it. shot. Oh yeah, you did. Dry <laughs> I did fire. dry fire it. Like right as it you got it. A bummer. Yeah, that is. Yeah, a bummer. we were like at the range at lunch and just I was bullshitting with my buddy and the guy that just built me strings for my bow, and you know just gabbing, just having a good time, and I just got this bow set up and I was just shooting lights out with this thing and get up to like the, we were shooting 3d and I was like fourth target or something like that. And we're just talking, talking, talking and draw back and no arrow, huh? I was Mm. like, Oh, that didn't sound right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. First time I'd ever done it. I've done that one time. Yeah. Yeah. One time. Same thing. Just in the zone, focusing, working, been shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Bow just dry fired. And I was like, what the hell? I even like count my arrows, you know, and you go up and check the target and you're like, oh yeah, I just didn't load an arrow. Yeah. It happens. He also like, he hasn't (sighs) shot a long axle to axle. He's always been a pretty short axle to axle guy. I, I love longer bows. And when he got that thing, I, you were like called me. Yeah. Like, to this thing is so, oh my so forgiving. Yeah. It feels so good. I'm like, yeah, welcome to like yeah. anything over 32 inches. Yeah. You put a long stabilizer on there too. It's very, oh, yeah. you're like, wait a minute. I don't yeah. even know how long just, the stabilizer it just, is. It just, it just dude. sits it's, there. Yeah. yeah. You put a 30 inch front yeah. bar and, you know, 12, 15 out back I and think it's all weighted yeah. up and it just sits there. It's almost, yeah. it almost shows you how much target panic you have because it just sits. Yeah. yeah. You're like, For wait sure. a minute, wait a minute go off yeah no that's cool it's a blast though yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go into the indoor season this year and, and see you gonna shoot vegas 
No. <laughs> Come on. I say, that. I say that. Come and I'll down probably be flights. here. I'll probably been, be here. No. I've never shot it, yeah. but I've been. I go to it all the time. It's yeah. fun, fun to go watch. For Will you sure. shoot it this year if I shoot it? I don't know you if I'm going to be right here. I would if you were if we were around. I think it's the same week as we're going to be gone to on the Mexican. Mexicans. These are the kind of stupid bets I make. It's you know, every year like, it's been the same. <laughs> tattoos. I would go. It's yeah. <laughs> be Loser really careful yeah. here, Trail. <laughs> be really I like careful tattoos. here. <laughs> <laughs> Not the ones you're coming up with. Always tired. <laughs> Always tired. Always tired. <laughs> That's the one I need. All right, so we. No, had that a, would be fun. Yeah, so we. Yeah, man, that would be actually pretty fun. High score. Be fun, high score yeah, or we, low we, score we, gets we, tattoo. We, <laughs> you want to make it spicy? Both both get tattoos. The one's just worse than the other. <laughs> we uh, so we were just in New Mexico, and uh, we so I think it was day two. We started talking about so Trent from Born and Raised. Love the dude. Love Shout the dude. Out Trent, amazing guy. <laughs> so we're out there. It's me, Troy, Trent, Steve, and uh, Noah, their camera guy, and then Justin. Justin, our um, freelancer. Our freelancer, and so we're. You know, day one, cocky. First, what's that? Cocky. We killed the first bull oh, we yeah, heard. Yeah, we and first bull we heard. Steve, we both go in there. Steve and I are set up thirty yards apart. Bull just comes on a beeline straight down to Steve. Bull cuts to the right. I'm thinking like nobody heard Steve's bow go off at all. Like hmm. nobody heard a thing. This bull's coming right at me. I'm getting ready to cow call it and stop it and. I go to full draw, and then all of a sudden I see this thing just pouring blood out. <laughs> I was like, oh, that thing's shot. <laughs> Time to let down. You had no idea. Nobody knew. Like, nobody heard. Trent and I were 40 yards yeah. behind calling, and I didn't hear the bow go up. I thought yeah. the bull was spooked, you hmm. know, because you just everybody starts cow calling super yeah. quick. Bulls crashing through the timber, and yeah. I saw him running towards you and Justin on the yeah. right-hand side. But Yeah, he comes by. He was and he's dead on his feet. Dumping blood out, just... I was like 18, 20 yard frontal shot and freaking thing was just pumping blood. It was like 40 yards and just dies, just <laughs> falls over right there in front of us. So we get back to camp and uh, so we're, we're pr- feeling pretty, pretty cocky at that point. So we're like, all right, let's make a bet. Trent's talking about his obsession with dragons. Also, okay. Yeah. So this is kind of where it all begins. Big dragon, big guy. dragon guy. Big dragon big guy. Dragon he seems guy. like he'd be a guy. Yeah. Big so yeah. So we started talking about dragons and like <laughs> his belief in dragons. And we talk about aliens, Bigfoot, and <clears throat> something else went in there too. But. I love the random conversations that oh, Trent dude, comes up with. It was yeah. the, yep. We did a podcast that night, and it was probably the best podcast ever. We just talked about dragons, aliens, <laughs> and Bigfoot, and, and some other weird stuff too. But um, so we made a bet that if first it started with a three... We started pretty high. I think it started, was like 360. Was it three? Well, that was Maybe really 340. High. Okay, I think it was like 340. We okay. said dragon tattoos. All around. Everybody. All around. Everybody <laughs> camp. Six guys had to get dragon tattoos, but Trent had to get a dragon tramp stamp tattoo. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. then we got down to day, I think it was like, we had like two or three days left, and then we were like, all right, if we shoot a three... 320, 330 bull, still getting dragon tattoos, but if we shoot a 340 bull, Trent's getting a tramp stamp dragon tattoo and a diamond earring. (laughs) (laughs) And his choice of ears. So, by the yeah. end of the trip, it, it didn't was happen. Like no, it didn't happen. No. If we'll shoot a no. cow, yeah, for yeah. a dragon tattoo. Dragon tattoo was point. a cow at that point. Trent really but. wants a dragon tattoo. Sounds he does. Like. He does. He's, He's been getting new tattoos. Like he Him didn't, and Steve both, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get it. Yeah, so, yeah we're gonna get yeah. it. Moral of the story is: watch out when you're betting with 
Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. 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 Dragon tattoos. Sounds like. Yeah. Yep. That group chat now has gone from like pictures of bulls to like seasons over dragons. Seasons over, it's just dragon tattoo <laughs> designs. Is is all that group chat? Trent's right was very like <laughs> his was very like uh, what's that show that was on HBO? Uh, Game of Thrones. The, yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah, his, yeah. his dragon comes from Game of, of Thrones, course. and I was like, bro, was pretty like, aggressive. Now nah, we're gonna go cartoon <laughs> dragons. <dude. laughs> this dragon, Anthony's this, trending more like Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon mm, dragons yeah. with antlers. Yeah, Trends yeah. Is like, oh, yeah. yeah. So. Like a Pokemon dragon with like an elk rack. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty. Tight. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, Those guys have been getting tight. some new ink. It looked like Steve got some new new tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Like Trent's got some. Yeah, Still yeah. Filling yeah. So yeah. we're just trying to help him out. Uh, yeah. 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 He's, he's looking for an opportunity, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that would have been my first. That would have been a tough one to explain. You know, <laughs> it really would be. Like my first tattoo. I don't think it, but the story behind it, dude. It's, yeah. I think, like, the story behind it, I don't yeah. think it'd be tough. You'd just be like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about this one. <laughs> yeah. Humble Thrills, guys, is fun, man. Oh, yeah, it's a blast, man. It's a good time. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're like some of those guys. I wish that they were, and I wish September lasted all year long, you know, yeah. and you had more opportunity to hunt with more guys because yeah. mm-hmm. the times that we hunted with them was just such a good time. Just yeah. funny, funny dudes. Yeah. We spend a good amount of time with them. I, uh, like, I linked up with Troy when we worked at Benchmade, and that's where we met, mm. and then started working with Born and Raised. And they're like family, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're just down to earth humans. They they're all just you know salt of the earth, and we do uh, you know they do a big bear camp mm-hmm. all you know all spring, and we go down there. We do a, like a sig bear camp, and we go for like I don't know three or four days, and it's just a freaking hoot. I mean, it's so much fun. It's yeah, hunting with those guys is it's a good time. I think it's funny, like you know, with the popularity of where these guys have come from. They're obviously the biggest Roosevelt crew out there. What I would consider like yeah. Roosevelt crew out there. I can't tell you how many people I've run into hunting Rosies, you know, that you, you can tell they've watched like Land of the Free or something yeah. like that. And the guy I think those guys whacked like four bowls in seven days or something like that. And they're like, I'm going to go hunt the Oregon coast. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be like <laughs> super fun. Maybe they're coming from Eastern Oregon or out of state or something like that. And they get like two, three days into it. And they're like, this sucks, dude. Mm-hmm. This is brutal. What do you, this, is, this is the first podcast we've done that's not in September now. So the best month of the year is over. I want to know how you guys, because you guys are all like big elk guys. Yeah. How does mm-hmm. it feel that September it's the worst. is not here anymore? Oh, it's the worst. So I've been depressed for a week. Like suicide watch? <laughs> I mean, borderline. I can't hardly get out of bed in the morning. I just, I hate it. Yeah. I, I'm not tough. kidding. That's a real deal. The older I get, like when I get post hunt, and it's even worse if I've had, if I, if I had an unsuccessful hunt, yep. I feel better actually, because I'm like, I got something to look forward to next year, you know, mm-hmm. and I do anyway, but like successful hunt. It all went the way I wanted it to go. Yeah. You know, I had all these hopes and dreams for the year. It went perfectly. That next week when I get back, like, I feel deflated. <laughs> yeah. Blues, dude. It's like, it's, that's a real thing. Like, mm-hmm. I get depressed. Yeah. It's a real bummer. It's I mean, either way, success yeah. or not. It's like, you, you, like, it's incredible how fast that month goes, mm-hmm. you know, every single year. And I get to the tail end of it, and you're just like, holy shit, dude. Like, where where did it go? You know, yeah, what look, happened? I look forward to that all year long. And yep. then when it's gone, like when you feel like you've heard the last help bugle yeah. <laughs> for the year, yeah. it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what have I done? I got to wait a whole <laughs> another year? I hate it. 
Yeah. It, it does go by fast. Oh, yeah, it goes by quick. By. Yeah, I mean, considering that those cows go into heat, they're in heat for 32 hours they get bred, and you've got, like, you know, that window of time where they're kind of cycling through and the bulls are bugling. I mean, it goes so fast. You're talking, like, you know, two weeks, three yeah. weeks maybe. You get some second cycle cows maybe in October, but for the most part, like, you really, it's so short. Yeah. That's why when I'm out there, like, when I killed that bull in Colorado and I got, you know, Chris and his brother with me, and I'm like, no, you're not going to help me pack it out. Go hunting. Yeah. Because this window is just prime you know yeah. you, you got to take advantage of it so yeah i've i've i'm sad what, what do you what do you do now to uh not be so depressed do like do you start uh, planning next year already do you start yeah. looking back at old hunts watching videos like i mean i still got a deer tag but yeah i'm i'm already i spent oh, i don't know probably an hour two hours the other night looking at all my points <laughs> i bought i bought my bonus points I bought my preference points in Wyoming, so loaded up on those, and I'm already looking at points and looking to see where I can go next year. And I'm already kind of kicking around ideas. I'm looking at, and we don't have our draw odds for 2023 updated because we don't have all the data as of yet. But you know, but I'm looking at the reports of the states that do have them, like Colorado, and I'm pulling individual hunt codes and I'm looking at them yeah. to see how many people. And I'm already kind of you know making plans, and I'm geeking out on gear. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm yeah. shooting my bow every day still because yeah. I like to do it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I spent a lot of my off-season looking at gear, mm -hmm. you know, listening to arguments like these of why. <laughs> and I think you guys Arguments? Might, I, you're not arguments. tattoos. <laughs> yeah. what, what's the better word? Uh, you make good points, I yeah. should say. So. Passionate discussion. Passionate, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, logical. You make yeah. logical good points, which makes sense. I always get hung up on like glass, you know, oh, I want yeah. the best glass. I want the best coatings. I want the clearest, brightest set of glass I can find. But there's definitely something to be said that, uh, that only does you so much good if there's a better tool that you can glass quicker, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more stable, that in itself does a lot, yeah. you know? So it's, you, you, I'm getting there. You get, you got me on the rangefinder. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gold. I'm golden on the rangefinder. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a new rangefinder anyway. You know, you looking go. for an excuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah look, no. Looking for an excuse because, like I said, the last animal I missed, I was like, you know, kicking myself for yeah. for that. But yeah. I mean, what do you do after season? Like your guy, I feel like as a mule deer guy, your season's even shorter. I'm kind of just just getting going though. Luckily, like yeah. a lot of the mule deer seasons you now are October, the general season hunts, because that's the worst time to hunt a mule deer. They're all timbered up. Right. They strip their velvet. And, uh, so I did have like slightly a mule deer hunt right now, but like I drew, again, Cheryl's going to laugh at me for saying this. I did draw like the best elk tag in a certain state. Hell yes. Yeah. And so I actually have been putting all my eggs into, you know, scouting for that elk hunt. Cause it's, I'm never going to have that tag. Again. It's yeah. a dream tag. Once yep. in a lifetime tag, basically. Brady's going to kill a bigger bull this year and I'm going to kill a bigger buck this year. Yeah. He has a great mule deer tag. I have a great uh, elk tag, but I do have some mule deer hunts coming up. But after that mule deer season's over, when November ends, like, mm -hmm. like his month's September, my month is November. Yeah. I love okay. November for chasing mule deer in the snow, yep. in the cold, rutting mule deer. Like that is just everything to me. So yeah. November's my month, so December does suck. Yeah. Like it does hurt going from the highest of the high to just, it just like cuts off. Yeah. It's like you're quitting something cold turkey. Like you just go through withdrawals and just like, <laughs> yeah, lots of, naked, lots of naked <laughs> just like questioning everything. But like, 
like Trail said though, like I do have so many other things I can get my mind away from that. Like I still shoot my rifle all the time. Yeah. That's that's the best time in Las Vegas. It sounds crazy, but that's the best time for me to start load development from next yeah. year. Because it's so cool out. Like yeah, I can go your to, your environmentals are closer to yeah. what you're gonna be hunting in at that so point. So like I can go out to the desert in the winter and it could be like twenty four degrees out in the desert, like frost in the morning. Yeah. And so that's when I get the best stuff. I don't try to shoot a ton in the winter because it is so far away from hunting season, but I can go and revalidate things or retweak yeah, things sure. on my load to prep for next year. You know, I'm always looking at maps and trying to research the next best area or taking all my old waypoints and extrapolating a bunch of stuff, trying to figure out, you know, how to crack a puzzle for next year, taking successes and failures. But to me, December is the hard one. And that's, it's hard too, because it's so close to new app season. Like I'm already mm. starting to prepare for those new hunts right away. So I'm highs to high to now I have to quickly switch over to research and start applying in all these sure. states. Do you but, guys have more hunts coming up? Are you done for uh, the year? We've got Illinois coming up. Yeah, we're going to go sit in tree That's stands. Right. Do tree a little white tailing. Like, how I don't, you don't look as old as some of us here at the table. But <laughs> flattered, dude. What are you trying to say? <laughs> 53. This guy, this guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, do, you look, do you look forward to white tail hunting the older you get? Uh, I've only done it in Texas. Okay, gotcha. So that was like my first introduction to anything. Because I, I started, I, I didn't grow up hunting. So like mm. my introduction to hunting was like... 20, 21 years old mm -hmm. in Southern California. And the first place I went out of state was Texas. And mm -hmm. that was like, I mean, it's whitetail hunting, but it's like, you're, yeah. you're killing deer. Mm -hmm. And so I've never sat in a tree stand. So oh. this is going to be bundle up different. Yeah. <laughs> I have never sat in a tree stand and it honestly just doesn't excite me a ton. Cause I like hiking and I like putting miles on my boots and be I interesting like, to see what you say after but, hunt. Yeah. I'll be, I'm, I'm always open to try, How's you know, that? a new style of hunting, so it should be cool. I'm How excited. comfortable are you sitting at tall heights with trees swaying back and forth in the wind, all nice and cold? Uh, it's only 20 feet. I'm not, I'm not scared of heights or anything like that, um, so I don't think that's going to be a problem. It's just, like, the sitting still sitting thing still, is yeah. going uh, to... I'm going to struggle with that. in your head, like, oh, I could be down here glassing right now, putting a stalk yeah. on something, yeah. but instead yeah. I'm exactly. waiting for an animal I to... I want to get on the ground and go after <laughs> that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've... I've sat in blinds on water for antelope, and that was like three days of hell. <laughs> so, and I could move around in there. Yeah, and I could move around in there. Yeah, so this, this, yeah, I don't know. See, yeah. it's a good spot though. I mean, deer active, and if they're moving, I think yeah. you'll be, you'll have enough to look at. Yeah, I th I'd be interested to see if you like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah, this is Troy's game. Yeah, reconnecting with it's been awesome, and it's it's like it's cool too because we. We've got a late archery season in Oregon for blacktail. Mm -hmm. And so right. if you want to bow hunt that, like, especially up on the northern end of the state, like that's tree, like figuring out a pattern and tree stand hunting them mm -hmm. is, is an awesome way to do it. You're sitting in pouring rain all day, but like it's there Tells are me this every year a lot of similarities, you know, and so I like how passionate guys from Oregon are about blacktail hunting. Dude, archery blacktail hunting they just geek out aren't they love oh, it yeah. they're like coos deer hunters from arizona yeah everybody else looks at you like what in the hell are you doing you guys are crazy and they're just so passionate about oh, it. oh man yeah it's it's what makes it so exciting i think that there's just such an elusive animal yeah. in that like deeper darker timber and that that hunt falls over the rut and so it's like that's the best chance you're gonna have mm. at seeing a mature blacktail yeah. that just does not see daylight mm. you know and so 
um, you don't really know what what you're going to get, what's going to show mm-hmm. up, just like whitetail. Sometimes, like once the rut hits, you could be watching bucks on a camera all summer long, and things just get flipped yep. upside down, and you start seeing deer that you've never seen before. So I could see that. And it's just like there's not a lot of people out there doing it. Once you kind of get like used to the suck of the weather and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, it's just like it's, almost, it's like a badge of honor yeah. at a certain point. You know, yeah. you just you dig it. So. Do you enjoy sitting all day? You one of those people yeah, that sits all day dark? Sit, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> not so much. Yeah, I'm with you. I love yeah. this. Uh, it's just time in the woods, man. It's yeah. like I'm not taking. I'm, I'm generally not taking a week off during late season blacktail and so it's like i'm out there on a friday the days are short to begin with Mm -hmm. and so you don't have a ton of daylight to work with and it's if i'm just hunting like saturdays and sundays i'm maximizing my time out there yeah so yeah i get that sounds fun yeah i'm hunting i'm rifle hunting this year cool so that'll be kind of a different that's a change different side of things yeah we'll see how it goes what time of year is that? Starts this Starts weekend, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Our dates got pushed around this yeah. year. Like, archery got pushed back a week, and so everything sequentially after that's a little later. Do you guys feel like you're seeing an influx of, like, non-resident hunters to Oregon? Yeah, this, for really? sure. Especially are? spring bear season, because oh, Washington yeah, lost, that. California lost. Yeah. Yep. And so, um, seeing a lot more pressure during spring bear season. Um, Is that on the chopping block in Oregon, do you know? No, no not, not as I, of now. No, I would, hopefully. Like, sure. <laughs> Dude, we're in, we're in the anti-season. Yeah. Don't you put that juju on me, Ricky Bobby. Elk season... I like it there it used to be that we could on a general tag yeah. hunt a lot of eastern units mm-hmm. in Oregon and yeah. and now we've really cut back on that. And so I think those seasons like you know we used to hunt Roosevelt's opening weekend if we still had tags in our pockets we'd go east, you know, for a couple of weeks and then maybe come back and kind of finish things up on the coast and so I don't see as many non-res. We see a lot of like Southwest Washington guys mm-hmm. on the coast, um, but you don't get a lot of dudes from like Wisconsin driving across the yeah. country to come yeah. schlep around the Oregon coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more of an Eastern Oregon kind of thing, but now that that opportunity's dried up, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that I'm staying so close to home and in my own little yeah world, I'm just not seeing it, it, that world is a is a world that people don't want to. Travel. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Once they experience it. Yeah. It's its own little thing. I yeah. think it'll probably always stay that way. Yeah. I mean, humans I, find a way to mess yeah, may, may, everything maybe. up. But, but it does seem like this anomaly, this thing that people can't really figure out on their own, you know? Yeah. They, they don't dabble in it. What about you, Trail? Are you ever going to go hunt Roosevelt? I mean, I always said no, but maybe. Have you never what, hunted Rosies? No, never why, hunted Rosies. Yeah. Okay. What's the hang up? Why not? I mean, I like. I like I like antlers. I like big antlers, and it's like yeah. I can go to Colorado and hunt. I can go to Idaho and hunt. So it's like, why would I drive to Oregon and you know hunt the hunt the jungle? But I mean, I it's see so it. cool. Yeah, I I hear that. Yeah. I mean, I get I get it. Um, you hunted sick of blacktails. You went up there for little antlers. Yeah, but you went, those, for, you went for an adventure. Yeah, Same thing. Yeah. Hunting Roosevelt's adventure. Yeah, I don't it's know. Like you can Jurassic. shoot a big one. Yeah, I mean, I get you that. Can There's shoot some a big huge one. ones. Yeah, I get big it. bodies. Right? Aren't they, aren't oh, they bigger bodies than Rockies? Like the Freaking mass. Giant like, antlers, too. Yeah, giant oh. giant bodies for sure. Um, 
I could be convinced. I mean, I'd, I'd I'll show just, you some pictures after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I could be convinced. It's just like I've never, I've been like, you know, am I going to go to Oregon and hunt or am I going to go to yeah. Colorado or yeah. Idaho? Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, it's like Colorado or Idaho yeah. right September there. September is so short. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is. It's quick. So I just have never, never done it, but I get it. When we start, like a lot of the times, this will start like third week of August, you know? Mm-hmm. And so right. you could sneak a week in before mm-hmm. the before, going gets yeah. good, yep. wherever you want to hunt outside of that. But, and I, I think, uh, hesitate saying, I think that, that third week, that like mm-hmm. last week of August is some of the best yeah. time to hunt. Are you those a lot adults. of, I mean, mostly calling, right? Calling or do you a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of calling. Gotcha. I mean, there's a million different ways to skin, skin a cat. the Roosevelt cat. Mm-hmm. Um, each guy kind of has their own like formula. You guys know what skin a cat is? You know where that comes from? Skinning cats. Yeah. Do you know where that saying comes from? No. Skin a cat. I looked it up the other day because I asked, I said it some other podcast and I was like, I don't know what the hell that means. So I guess origins of it are Irish and they used to call like a pine martin a tree cat hmm. and they would make coats, you know, clothing yeah. out of it. And so they would, you know, more ways to skin a cat. And then I guess as people couldn't afford pine martin or martin because it was more expensive. Went they to house cats. House cats. Really? Common cats. No way. <laughs> yep. Wow. Common wow. cats. So you you would get a house cat or just a domestic cat. They'd make a coat or whatever. That's sick. Article I hate cats, so the dude. I would, yeah, I would love cats. a house cat coat. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for it. I bet you, you can um, come up with enough. all for it, threats. dude. You're going to have a ditch tiger coat? Whatever. Yeah. I bet you could come up with enough of them. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, we, got, we got them in our, our neighborhood. We've got a bunch of feral cats that run around. That? Netflix documentary of like the don't don't fuck with cats. Yeah, yeah. don't fuck with yeah, cats, yeah, yeah. bro. Yeah, that was pretty heavy. That was that was a whole. Yeah, that wasn't heavy, exactly what I was expecting. I got like <laughs> yeah. ten minutes yeah. with cats. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I diverted, dude. but yeah, you're mostly calling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my style. Gotcha. Is calling and um, I'm not a very good caller. That's probably why I've never done it. <laughs> but I, I think really? yeah, yeah, I'm not a great caller. Huh. I, just, I don't think uh, you have to be a great caller. Yeah, you just yeah. have to know where to call. It's funny. I just, I, my own podcast, I talked about that because this bull I just shot in Colorado. I never made a peep spot in stock. Mm. He was bad at a bunch of cows, just kind of anticipated, worked my way in. It took me three hours to, to get to like a distance to where then I could allow him to make a mistake. Yeah. And I was kind of keeping that call as like my last ditch, you know, like yeah. if he moves off and it looks like it's not going to come together, then I'll use a call to try to lure him back in. But um, I, I don't. I got to thinking about it as I was doing this podcast and like the whole process of, uh, you know, practicing calling and working on that. Like people, some people love it. I, oh, I yeah. don't, I don't. So part yeah. of my podcast was like play to your strengths, you know, yeah, and one of my strengths sure. is I'm super patient. I'm with you. I can sit in a tree. I can sit in a blind all day, every day, yeah. you know, spot and stock. I can be really patient. You know, I love to shoot my bow. So I feel like I can extend my range a little bit. I can be accurate, but like calling, like I get it. And I love I, Trent. I think Trent's told me before, like, if he doesn't call an elk in, he doesn't want to shoot it. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, literally. And I, and I, 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, if he didn't call it in, he doesn't want to kill it. And I get that. I totally get it. It's just for me, that's I'm just not not that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. And I, I like, I think the patient, it's it's crazy, like, how many similarities I've found between Whitetail and, and Hunting Roosevelt's. Mm. Um, and patience is, like, immense mm. for it. I think for a long time, you like Trent and the guys, they'll hit, they'll sound check a spot and they're, if, if they don't yeah. get a response, yeah. you know, pretty darn fast, they're out. Yeah. They're yeah. looking for the bull that wants to yep. play that yep. day. Yep. I mean, it, the thing with Roosevelt's, a lot of times what I've seen is like they, they're there and they're thinking about playing, mm. but I just never gave them enough time to make up their mind. Gotcha. And so I'd, you know, hit it, sound check, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't get a response in five minutes. I'm gone. Like, 
sitting up and calling just you know not over calling but but sit being patient like yeah. sit, giving a spot 30 minutes like if it looks phenomenal on a map i'm gonna sit there and pick it apart for right. half an hour an hour or whatever a lot of times you won't get an actual response back but i can hear that thing stand up and snap a twig mm-hmm. or just a quick moan or whatever and that's your trigger like yeah. you know he's there so yeah we had a bull in colorado just this last what two weeks ago i guess didn't bugle all morning but we were walking through the woods you know we cracked a branch and he piped off and he was 100 yards like yep. <laughs> you know he assumes i think that it's probably another elk and i yeah, think sometimes sure. bulls do that you know yeah. they'll they'll pipe off and like i would never known he was there he'd have let us yeah. walk right by yeah. so it's like a turkey yeah, I had these two guys from Tennessee at the trailhead, and those guys went on for probably 35, 40 minutes about how much turkey hunting is like elk hunting. And I was kind of like, yeah, okay. I could, yeah, sure. Sure. Discussions going, and all the sure. elk hunters just hate that. When they, oh, yeah. I know they hate it. I don't know why. I don't. It sure, doesn't turkey. bother me. Yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah. I can see the similarities, sure, right? Everyone, everyone knows, listen to this podcast, I love turkey hunting, but I don't care to hear bugling bull. I'd rather hear a turkey gobble. Oh, man. I, really? I love oh a turkey gobble. Gosh. Really? Yeah. And wow. that's the episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. That tells me everything I need to do. <laughs> uh, ground mule deer at night, that's Monty Rice. And a turkey gobble. I mean, a turkey gobble <laughs> is a pretty badass sound. It is. It is. Especially, Especially when you're in the, in the mountains. I'm talking I about mean, mountain birds like they're cool west. they're like little velociraptors yeah. but forest horses are <laughs> forest horses are way cool forest horses are sick yeah. that is a good one by the way that would make a great tattoo i've been staring at your sticker on the Wait, which one the, the girl the, yeah oh yeah that's an amazing tattoo shout out mountain project yeah, yeah. mountain project yeah. guys that's yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I love going to the airports and it's like busting my laptop open on my thing. I'm like, I wonder who's like staring at my laptop, checking that out and thinking I'm some, I don't know. That's a tattoo right there. Yeah, it's a great tattoo. Is that yeah. Hank, Hank, Hank Hill? Hill. Yeah. Pack yeah. buck. God damn it, Dude, that's sick. <laughs> yeah. Dave, Dave Barnett did that one, right? Yeah. yeah I like that. One. Yeah. Good old hunt stickers. There's yeah. some good ones out there. There's some really good, bad ones. I need to step up my game. <laughs> tattoo ideas. Yeah, Back tattoo to ideas. I like Dude. that. Well, let's stay in touch. If we can shoot Vegas, let's do it. Yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah. That would give me some mad motivation. Yeah. I'd like that. That'd be fun. We'll, we'll see if it's feasible. Or you guys could do that, and then you also could join us. We could do, like, maybe a NRL. Hunter oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I've never done one. Trail and I each get a proficient partner. Okay. And it's all right. So here's the deal. and go hunt. I've got a, I've got a proposal. Mix man. and match. Oh, boy. All right. So... Pete Howell, Peter Howell, one of the guys that works for us, he puts on a match every year. I was telling you guys about this yeah. at lunch. It's called the, I think they're going to change the name, but right now it's called the S3 Coyote Sniper Challenge. It's in Montana. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did it last year with Garrett Long from Meat Eater, and we had a blast. And it's like, it's more of a, um, it's not NRL Hunter where you have to like, you're not glassing on the clock and finding targets, but it's more of like PRS style okay. uh, format. But it's a freaking blast and the camp is amazing and uh it's team shoot so it's like cool. two guys per team and uh yeah maybe we can we can either muster up sig- a competition for a tattoo i don't think brady has any tattoos either no I do, not. Uh, I do not you and trail versus troy and i just I a big like big, a big neck tattoo yeah. brady me and you right here I, mean, you know, I thought about tattoos, but next it, has to, in. it has to be a mule deer or it has to be like my Marco Polo ram. It has to be something like <laughs> meaningful to me. Throat. 
Throw, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the whole Marco thing with Polo these, these bats. Be sick. The bats are Dude, not meaningful, though. Your yeah, hand count would go <laughs> oh, way to the wild. roof. Wild with the, yeah, with the Marco Polo throat tag. I mean, yeah, that'd be pretty a tight. Euro right here? That'd be pretty tight. That would be yeah. pretty. Oh, yeah. Trails got Pretty dope. Have it wrap around. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Interesting hey. how we went back to my hinge account. <laughs> yeah. Full circle. Full circle. You're welcome. You got any other questions for these guys? No, we wrap it up. I think, I think we nailed it. That was a good discussion. I'm glad to you know have you guys down here to talk about optics because you know I'm passionate about optics. I love. Yeah, thanks for coming down. Yeah, thanks for having that us. That was really Thank good. You guys. It was, it was really fun to hear. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, we appreciate the the partnership, and I think you guys have done a phenomenal job. I mean, to essentially come on into the market, you know, within the last five six years, you guys have done a really bang up job. Thank you. Uh, thanks, both, man. Both in terms of. Uh, you know, marketing product, the whole thing, the whole suite. So more yeah, to come. Lots just more to come. Kind of getting rolling. Yeah. So very cool. We appreciate you guys too. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. been fun. These things are flying off the shelves. I know That's we keep constantly ordering yeah. more and more optics yeah. from you guys. I so. signed up for the uh, for the wait list and I saw them finally pop back on. I was like, all right, back in business. Back in stock. Yeah. yeah. Brady, you want to hit us with a promo? You said you got some promos today. Oh, I got promos. Yeah, I got promos. So yeah. Uh, brand new. We just launched Go Hunt New Topo. It's our proprietary own topo map. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you guys want to check that out, you want to sign up for a Go Hunt Explorer account, you can do that with the promo code podcast. Uh, if you do that, we're going to give you 20 points back in the Go Hunt gear shop. You can use that towards the purchase of a brand new rangefinder, which I would recommend, or a new pair of binos would be mm-hmm. pretty sick. Uh, if you want to sign up for a Go Hunt Insider account, you still use that promo code podcast. We'll give you 50 points back in the Go Hunt gear shop. Uh, still a lot of hunting to be done. And like you said, we're already talking about applications. Applications are coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. It's crazy to think it's October and we're starting to think about 2024 hunts. Yeah, I mean, rumor yeah. is Arizona deer tag is coming sooner than later. Uh, you've got Idaho OTC December 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, you got point purchase time frames right now. Montana's just passed on the 30th. You've got uh, Wyoming to the end of the month. Mm-hmm. So now's a great time to start digging into your research and you know, it's in, in the details. You start doing all the work right now just to ensure that you have a tag in your pocket and then a good hunt in 2024. So and if you're still looking to pick up tags, you can still pick up tags. Yeah. So a lot of hunting to be done. Yeah. You can pick up a tag, use some research to try to figure out where in that state to go. Like there's a lot of. Go to Oregon, hunt mm-hmm. rosies. These guys would love to have Heck you. Heck yes. <laughs> Don't come to Oregon. <laughs> It's over. It's <laughs> this podcast. Everyone, everyone always rises on us. We're talking about Colorado at the time. We should start talking about Oregon no, all the time. No, 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 no. no. We have our own problems. Pump your brakes. <laughs> Got wolves everywhere. Yeah. yeah. It's going downhill. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah, you. Thank we you. out.